Welcome back to another episode of the Square State Sandlot Podcast. We've got Kyle Gilmore joining me and our special guest, Travis Blackley, a former Major League pitcher. Excited to have you on, especially to rehash the 2012 season in, in Oakland. Uh, Travis, thank you so much for spending or for taking the time to to be a part of this. We appreciate you. Um, and, and with that being said, is there anything that you wanted to plug before we get started? Uh, no, not really. Oh, maybe the Beanley Hawks going to win the championship this year. This is the team I play for now, just hanging out and having a bit of fun. So, yeah, big winners on the weekend, 27 to 3. 27 oh, to 3. Oh, yeah. We, we gave a, up a field goal. It was a boat race. <laughs> That's yeah. impressive. Yeah. All right. Well, like you said, thank you for joining us. We, we've got some questions that, that we have queued up, and, and some of them came from some of our followers. So uh, we, we, at least, I guess you alluded to, you, you're still playing some baseball. I, I know you officially retired, I think it was early last year, but what, what are you doing to, to stay busy in your, in your off time? Wow. Honestly, no, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty tough here. Australia was pretty, pretty crazy when the, uh, the whole mandate stuff came out. And so a lot of, not much work going around and, um, yeah, I, I pretty much started doing pitching lessons, um, a year and a half ago with, uh, you know, 12 to 15 year old kids. And, nice. um, it's really taken off. Like I've seen some really good results with some of my, one of my lads and I've even got a couple of girls in there too, that do really well. Um, but yeah, like I've been enjoying that. I've been getting a lot of, uh, it's been pretty fulfilling to, to see these kids fall in love with the game. Um, you know, they go from kind of just, just thinking about baseball when their game was coming up rather than now they're like, eat, breathe, sleep, you know, baseball, they just can't get enough of it. And watching that happen is, uh, is so cool because, you know, I, I don't remember when that happened to me, but I do remember like going from not really being that interested to being nothing but baseball for a long time, but I can't remember when, but yeah, it, it's cool to see. So I got one little one young fellow that's twelve and he's running it up to up to seventy one miles an hour. So man, that's pretty wow. good off. That's pretty good off forty eight feet. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's fun. I mean, not much else. I'm playing once or once a week, you know, with this team here, and um, just I'm just hitting. I'm not pitching. I'm I've retired from pitching. Now I'm having fun with the stick. But uh, yeah, it, that's about it. Maybe try and go fishing when I can and play a bit of golf. But um, you know, my family's in America and I can't come back there yet. So I've got a lot of downtime. Maybe even do some streaming if my internet cooperates. Yeah. Well, I, I noticed, I think it was probably more than a year ago that, that you were pretty heavy into Twitch and I haven't seen you much on there since. But I know you were doing the the Call of Duty stuff pretty heavy. Is that is that kind of what you preferred to play? It was always I was always into shooters. You know, I wasn't into yeah. sporting sporting games just because I play sport. And what do I want to play more sport when I get home from the field? Like, yeah, but I'm not going to lie. My, my buddy is like a really big streamer in the um, baseball world with the MLB The Show. Like, I think he's the most subscribed to uh, guy. His name's Major Mangoes. Anyway, oh yeah. Yeah, you know of him? Yeah, he's like a, one of my best mates. He lives not far away from me, and I actually that's awesome. With him. I actually live with him for a minute. Um, he's the one who's trying to get me into it more with MLB the show. So I went and I hooked up with the game. I'd never played it before, and where I'm living right now at another mate's house, 
in his spare room because I, I didn't want to get a lease because I might be going back to America at any moment. I didn't want to sign a year-long lease. And so my mates hooked me up with a place to live in. But the internet here is absolutely garbage. Like, I'm lucky we can talk right now because I it's just skip, skip, skip. Just, yeah, it's impossible to stream. So once I get in a good spot, I'm going to be streaming MLB The Show and, um, yeah, trying to get that Diamond Dynasty team up into the thousands. <laughs> well, nice. whenever you do, let me know and, and I can be your test dummy because <laughs> I, I play it when I can, but you, you saw my three kids beforehand. <laughs> They, they take up a lot of my time, so I don't get to play like I used to, but I used to be heavy into MLB The Show. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not that great at it. I'm really good at the pitching. I, yeah, I don't know what it I is. I can imagine. It's, well, it's I don't know. It's just like I kind of – I pitch like a pitcher, but then I understand that the computer's probably set up, and, and people probably can cheat like that. So I like to throw yeah. a spanner in the works every now and again and do something a little different. Um, you know, pitches that you wouldn't throw, you know, off speed up in the zone. Like yeah. that kind of thing really screws people up. I don't know why, but it um, does. Hitting, hitting, I'm not really that good at. Um, although my Road to the Show character is going off, he's got like 74. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> See, I, I always do the, I always do the speed builds because you know, speed kills, speed never slumps. But you can't hit any dogs, and that's what the, that's what the chicks dig. So, my my character's <laughs> a lonely little guy in the in the game, but. Oh, oh, man. I, went, I went with the duel. I went with the Otani-esque. I right field oh. pitcher. I, I found out later that I was silly for making him 6'5". Like, the strike zone's huge. <laughs> yeah, like, sometimes, big sometimes, sometimes at some fields in the daytime, you can't see the top line because it's so bright, and you just have no idea where the top of the zone is. Yeah, so <laughs> not uh, a good batter's eye out there. So I'm going to make another one. And, yeah, his name is a bit hey, his name is a bit funny. I couldn't use it on Twitch. One of them funny ones that when you say it fast, it sounds like something else, you know? Well, let's hear it. <laughs> no, I, I, I made it into his full name. So his real name's Michael Hunt. But if you, you there know. You. There you go. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, <laughs> that's perfect. I, so they won't let you put that on the on the live ones yeah, well, yeah I, I wouldn't so. i wouldn't do it anyway and it, i'm gonna make my buddy told me you got to make a switch hitting shortstop that's like six foot tall and and give him speed and power you know you got to make like a lindor style player and then yeah, once yeah. you get him to 99 it's like you know people pull their hair out trying to get him trying to get him out so mine's the mine's more of the uh tony kemp build <laughs> the speed fast. guy yes speed guy short and not a lot of pop, but enough to get a couple doubles here and there. Man, I still can't even steal a base. I mean, I've stolen a couple before, but um, I'm I guess, awful at it. You know I what I know can't I do? Try. You know what I can't do? I can't throw anybody out. When somebody steals on me, it's never. I'm never on time, and Same. I don't understand why. Don't it's know. so dumb. It is. And, well, and the controls, controls used to be like you do the meter to throw to the base, and then you hit X to, or I guess A if you're on Xbox now, but mm – -hmm. Now, if you hit X, it just cancels the throw. <laughs> it's silly. So, and base running is the worst. I, you know, I've literally wanted to throw my controller against the wall on some of these. Like, I'm not even touching it, and I've gone and pushed, like, maybe a button to go to the next pitch, and yeah. it starts running me to the next base, and I get thrown. And I'm like, what? Come on, man. Yeah. 
No, it is definitely frustrating. And I, I saw uh, I saw a reel on Instagram the other day making fun of the running on uh, MLB the show. I, I forgot to share it though, but it was hilarious. Mm. Uh, but let's let's get back to <laughs> kind of what you're doing. Um, and so you said you're you're mentoring these these pitchers that are coming up. Is it is it still kind of a, a smaller game there in, in Australia? Or I know you were only like the 18th professional MLB player from Australia. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's still pretty small. Um, but it's small, but it's grown a lot since I was, I mean, a junior, like when I say grown, the numbers aren't so much more than what I was a kid, you know, overall, but the standard has gone up. Like I just watched these under 12 little league kids that are trying to one day, or they're trying to get to the little league world series. They're going through the Australian route. Um, the winner of that will all get to go over to what is it, Williamsport? Yeah. yeah. So, and that little that one of them boys that I told you about that throws hard earlier. Um, he's in the team. He's in one of the teams. I've got about four or five kids on their team, and I go like last night. I had to drive an hour and a half north to where their team is, and I trained every pitcher on their team, like eight or nine of them, over three hours, and uh, you know, really trying to get them ready because their Australian championships coming up in June. And the winner of that will go to Williamsport. So hopefully you see my my kids out there pitching. And I can't take credit for the bombs they're going to hit because yeah, but but I can take credit for the for their pitching because this kid is. Uh, or there's not just one. There's a few, but one of them is over seventy, up to 71, 72 mile an hour, which is just insane. When I was a kid, I literally couldn't even hit water if I fell out of a boat. And these kids are polished throwing strikes at seventy one. You know. Yeah. So, you know, wow. and I got another boy that's like almost six foot tall at 12 years old throwing 67 with heavy sink. Like I just, it's crazy. It is insane. Yeah. I couldn't imagine trying to hit this stuff because the reaction time required over 48 feet is like facing 99 of 60 feet. Like it's just insane. These kids can't sniff it. Yeah. So, but I mean, you know, American kids will be able to sniff it. They see that probably, you know, every month, they probably don't see it every week, but you know, the top teams would have seen that kind of speed. And that's what I tell him, you know, like, Hey, you're going to need more than just a heater when you get to America, you know, yep. <laughs> these kids have been playing since they were four and he is actually half American. His old man is American from San Diego and like played college football and like big strong dude. So yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty cool to see his son going off like that. That is awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, even, even in Wyoming, we we didn't have hard. I mean, there's only five hundred thousand people in the state, and we had a couple of kids that were throwing nineties when I was when I was in high yeah. school. So it's it's not it's not too uncommon to see to see kids with you know even off speed pitches in America. But I'm excited to see your kids come through and in, in in hopefully they make it into the I hope they make Little League it. World it's Series. That'd be sweet. Yeah, I hope they do too. Although Sydney apparently has some good teams too, so. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I personally think we need to like make our, our areas bigger because the, the two finalists from our state, if you were to combine the teams, then I think they'd have a team good enough to come over and actually give the U.S. teams or the other international teams a real run. Yeah. Uh, in the past, in the past, we had that a few years ago, that one lefty that uh, hit the homer against Mexico and he threw six or five and two-third innings shut out baseball against Mexico and he ran out of pitches. So they're winning two to zero and he had to come out of the game and then they lost three to two. The next kid after him couldn't get it out and they lost three to two. That boy just signed with Oregon State. 
He's old enough yeah, now. He just nice. he just signed Oregon State, and he's a good young lefty pitcher and and hitter. He's still two way. Um, so I feel like if you could make your team with all the best kids actually from this area instead of making it from just, I mean, the area they're drawing from might be twenty five miles in in radius. Like, oh wow, pretty insane. And they they come from three clubs three club ball teams around Australia when there's about 15 in the state of, uh, or in the city of Brisbane slash Gold Coast area, 15 or maybe even 20, they're pulling from like three or four clubs. Yeah. So if you could just make it more like a, a region team rather than an area team, I think we'd have a, a much better crack at it, but yeah. Well, and is that where you're at right now is, is the Brisbane area? I'm actually in a place called Hope Island. It's right north of the Gold Coast about. Oh, okay. It's probably like a 40 minute drive to Brisbane. Okay. So pretty close. And then, yeah. And these boys are about 35, 40 minutes north of Brisbane called okay. Redcliffe. Yeah. And I know things were pretty crazy. Not, not too long ago, but is it starting to open up a little more there or? Yeah. 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 We, the mandates have all gone. Um, you know, people are. So you can go out in your own yard as long as you want? Man, yeah. Well, Victoria <laughs> Victoria is still a clown show. They're still run by an idiot down there. But, uh, you know, he, he's still trying to push that stuff when the rest of the world's opening up. Although America isn't exactly open at the moment. I mean, well, the man, depends the on what state you're I in. Can't, I can't get <laughs> yeah. into America right now. I can't get in yeah. without, without showing certain things. So that's a bit uh, weird, but. We're considering I, when I look at America, I, I think of the one country of the world that's, you know, f- the freest. You know, we're not free here. It's a socialist country. It's not, you know, you can't say what you want here. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. there in America, you can. And, you know, obviously you can own guns if that's your thing here. No, you can't. Yeah. So uh, it, it's it's different, man. I, I, I spent my most of my adult life in America, so I hate it here. Like, I just... You know, my Aussie mates can't believe it when I say that, but it's no, I know that's crazy. shocking. I want because, to get out of Australia so bad, and I just can't. Well, when I, I'm sure someday soon, and obviously I'm hope, I'm cheering for you. I hope you get over as soon as you can, because as yeah. as you're over there, your your kids are growing up here, so that's got to be pretty rough. Yeah. But um, no, I I'm hopeful that 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 happens sooner than later, and obviously whenever that does happen. You guys can be rejoined, and, and hopefully that'll be the the best day of your life. I'm sure it will be. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. Um, and speaking on Australian baseball, um, you played on the World Baseball Classic teams for Team Australia. How many times did you do that, and when was the last time? So I did it twice. I would have been on it a third time, but I'd, I'd, the first time at the WBC came around, I was recovering from surgery uh, from with the Mariners, I'd uh, it was 2006. I'd had all of 05 off with a shoulder surgery, and this was my first spring training. I was back to throwing, but the Mariners wanted to make sure I didn't, you know, go off and do something crazy with the Aussie team and hurt myself again. So I got held. I got held back from that team. Um, 09 was a blast. We went to Mexico City. We we smashed Mexico in game one. Like 20, we scored. We 10 run ruled Mexico off Oliver Perez. I'm like. Totally unexpected. We just absolutely boat raced him. And then um, we lost to Cuba in a heartbreaker in the ninth inning. Like we're winning the game and we lost in the last inning. We would have been in the second round. And then we kind of 
we kind of uh, used all of our weapons in those two games and kind of ran out of pitching in the last game. And we had to play Mexico again. Weirdly, we didn't get to play the weakest team in our bracket, which was South Africa. The other teams got to play them twice, but we didn't. And we got, we got screwed. We had to play Mexico twice, which they're deep as, right? How are you going to? So we ended up missing out. And I thought that was the biggest shafting ever because you know, Cuba and Mexico, well, Cuba got to play South Africa twice. Mexico got to play Australia twice and not even play Cuba. <laughs> that is pretty strange. And then we, we get to play Mexico twice and Cuba as the other one, like with not, yeah. So we kind of got rolled on that one. Um, and then we missed out again in 2000. We, we didn't even get um, qualify, I believe in 2000 and whatever the next one was 13, maybe no. When was the one after that? So we're 2009, so it would have been 2012, right? Or 2013? I think they do it on odds. So, yeah, I think it would have been 13. I don't think we even qualified for that one. I think when they did the qualifier, most of our Aussie players were already playing in season and we couldn't get away. Yeah. I just remember we missed out on that and the Olympics in the same the same kind of time. Um, but, yeah, anyway, and then we got back in the next one and we, again, almost got through again. You know, we lost – we had Japan who we lost to 4-1, to one, even though we were winning all game until the – well, until the sixth. And then um, we crushed China. I had, to, I had to pitch against China and it was not even – I don't know. They were not good. But uh, I felt like I was wasted against in that game, you know, but we had to yeah. win and we, did, we didn't know who we were playing. You know, we didn't, we didn't have a scouting. We had who they have, Joey Wong and someone else that was actually American. The rest are yeah. Chinese. Like the other one was, um, oh, I don't remember who it was, but I remember Joey Wong, I'm pretty sure, was on that team. I'd faced another kid that was with the Angels in AAA. I faced him in AAA, but I don't remember his name. But like they had nothing, man. And I feel like I was wasted. I didn't even throw my full pitch count because – if we had a one that game three, I would have had to start on short rest against Israel in the next round. Um, but we end up losing. So we're playing, we're playing Cuba again, late inning again. We're in like the seventh or sixth, sixth or seventh inning loaded bases with young. Uh, all right. So the uh, Orioles have a guy named Alex Wells, a lefty pitcher. Mm -hmm. His, his twin brother is named Lachlan Wells. He's with the Minnesota twins or used to back. I remember back. He was in the game. He was a stud. He throws really well. But this matchup required uh, the best pitcher we had. You know, loaded bases, their number four hole hitter, Despagne, like, like he's unreal. And it's lefty versus righty. And we got a bona fide major league arm in the bullpen ready to come in the game. You know, like Pete Moylan, side arm or two, gives up no homers. Anyway, some reason we let the, let, we let the kid ride. And he even made a good pitch. But it was a 3-2 fastball down and in. And he located it beautifully. Like, at least he didn't serve up a cookie. I can give him that. But this dude's a pro, man. This guy is one of Cuba's best hitters for 20 years. He's old. He's been around. He knows his shit. And he just hit an absolute nuke. Like, not even a, not even a freaking moonshot. I'm talking, we're talking under 30 degrees, bro. And hit the oh, man. ball. Like, I've never seen a ball smoke so hard or make such a loud noise. One of those Cespedes specials, huh? Do exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and and off the bat, I was just like, I was so mad because we finally, that was like the fourth time in my life Cuba has gotten over us in late in the game. Twice, second time in a World Baseball Classic. Yeah. You know, where we have them against the ropes every time, but 
when we play them in a World Cup that isn't that big, you know, or a regular game that isn't a final, we've, we've managed to beat them a few times. We're not, we're not scared of Cuba. They're not the powerhouse that ever they were. I mean, when I pitched against them in 09, they were stacked. They had, oh, I pitched against Aroldis Chapman. He was yeah. starting. And then Cespedes was in that, Guriel, both of them. You had... Uh, um, Jesus. Espana, you had Alexi Ramirez, you had... Like it was disgusting. They had a that a yeah. Adult. No, those guys are all all stars. Was yeah. was Cespedes's little brother in there as well, or was I, he too young at that point? I don't think he. Lord Lordus, no. That the Guriel was in there. Sorry, Guriel and uh, Cespedes. But yeah. Cespedes' little brother wasn't in there. No. It yeah, I think he was. Team. He must have been like sixteen back then, so probably wasn't old enough to make the team. But yeah, no, they they were stacked, man. It was it was and pitching in Mexico City, which is like. 8,000 feet in the air. It's way higher than Denver. It's And it's an AstroTurf field. Where you, not the one now. The old one was like the Estadio del Sol, I believe it was called. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, a, it was a freaking launching pad, man. It was yeah, crazy. And the fact that I just was able to keep them in the yard. Um, I mean, it, it took me thumbing them to death. I mean, they're a great fastball hitting team. And I had to use my fastball more as like a an elusive pitch, you know, not throw it as much, yeah. sink it, cut it, you know, nibble with it and then use my off speed for the actual strikes. You know what I mean? And, and yep. that was, the, that was the game plan going in. Um, and yeah, ended up, ended up doing, doing a number on him. And I gave up one run on a bull on Cespi jammed one over second base with two out and got a run in, but he also killed my win because the minute I came out, the first guy we brought in after me, another ex-big leaguer, first pitch he threw against Cespedes hit home run, tied the game. So, but then we took the lead again by two, and then they crept back and yeah, walked us off in the last. So, or took the took the lead in the top in the bottom of the ninth, and then we held us off. So, ah, the heartbreak. Did you ever rib him about that when he was on team with you? No, I, I mean, he definitely remembers, like, we, we spoke about that a lot. Uh, well, we didn't speak about it a lot, but we spoke about it a few occasions um, because I just had to remind him, like, hey, man, you know, you never actually barreled me up very well, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love one of those, <laughs> those cheap singles over second base. Come on, man. And a punchy, and a punchy I got into. He's in the book. Oh, there you go. Uh, but, um, yeah, so I, I let him – I actually, Alexi Ramirez – from the White Sox, we yeah. we played way back in a junior World Cup and our teams had a massive brawl. And <laughs> oh, no, like a big brawl. Like in Edmonton, Canada in 2000, you could probably even look it up, right? We had a, it was like 15 minutes, no one could break it up because they're in ground dugouts and you see them swinging bats over the top of the dugout at us. It was crazy. But they had so, seven, They we put seven of their dudes in hospital. Like we, oh had, a massive, God, we had a massive rugby team. We had a big boys. And they love a fight, and they took they Cubans were not ready, man. I'm telling you, for the size and strength of these boys that we had. Not me. I wasn't a big guy. My other boys on my team were massive, and it was the best thing for them because all seven of those dudes defected. Yeah, you know, so they kind of gave them a little way out. But um, I believe Alexi was in that group. Was he? I mean, that's that's what I'm understanding. I can't 100 percent confirm it, but. From what we were talking about, I believe that's how he got got out of there. That's crazy. It was in the under nineteen tournament in Edmonton, Canada. Well, wow. and the funniest part about that is, you know, when they get up to the major leagues and they they have those brawls, I don't think anyone actually wants to fight because they don't want to risk 
getting hurt. But hearing that you guys actually had seven guys in the hospital, that's pretty crazy. We had we had one. He got his thumb broken because a dude tried to smash him with the with the bat, and he put his wow. hand out to block it, and it broke his finger, it broke his thumb. But that'll I mean, do it. You couldn't it's swing a bat in in this dugout. Everyone was like a mosh pit in there, you know. <laughs> it was because it was in Canada. It, it was everybody thought it was hockey. We yeah, play, I love it. We, we had to play them the next day for bronze medal, which we were still we were still thinking about fighting them, and we we didn't play well. <laughs> you guys lost with seven guys out. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, they would have had a twenty-five man roster, but yeah, I mean, okay, All yeah, right. we we just we we'd also blown. We like the day before we played South Korea to get in the gold medal game, we lost. Like I started yeah. that game against Sinsu Chu. So since oh, man. you and I were pitching against each other, that's how I got seen by the Mariners. You know, the scout was there watching him. And then I was pitching against him and I, I towed to toed him for seven innings, same exact stat line, you know, probably less pitches even. And 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 he's like, who's this Who's this kid? He can pitch. You know, he's only 87, 88, whereas since you was like 95 to 98. Yeah. With, all the, with, all, with everything. But I was able to, you know, hold, you know, possibly a more potent offense down than than he had to so you know i got signed by the same guy jim colborne um who's known for signing quite a few big name guys i think he even had something to do with signing ichiro so um yeah it's it was well and i meant to ask you earlier it, how hard it was to to get seen when you were out in australia because i can't imagine there at least back then they probably weren't sending too many scouts out there yeah, they, they were sending, there were scouts around for sure. Like I, I was a really late bloomer, man. I came on out of nowhere. I'd never made a rep team or state team or nothing. Like I was always that kid that got the letter in the mail that said, sorry, man, you didn't make it. Like better luck next year. And I got to the last, very last year of eligibility when I was 17. And I was actually just before I turned 17, but I had to be under 18 team. So, um, and I made that team, I think, as like the last pitcher that could, because I was kind of an old, I played outfield first base and I could pitch. So I was, I think I made the team strictly on the fact that I could do all three of those things, you know, decent. But I wasn't like a starting guy or nothing. And I went away on that tournament and I don't think they realized what they had until they put me into a game against uh, a Sydney's version, like New South Wales. They're, us and them were kind of the two strongest teams and we were getting pumped by them in the first game. So they... Instead of burning one of their good pitches, they put me in and then I showed them what I could do and I shut them out the rest of the game. We didn't win the game, but I showed them what I could do. And then they started me the next time against, at the time, the third best team. And I, I gave up one hit in seven innings. So next thing I know, I'm starting the final against the same team I just faced earlier and beat them again. So then the Australian team came along three months later. I was on that. And then, you know, we traveled through Canada uh, I was still, we had to still cut three guys before the tournament, right? We took three extras with us. And I'm, and even though I didn't give up a run the whole time we're away in, in like five starts, I still wasn't thinking I was on the team because I'd never really made any teams before. I was still used to getting shut down and we had to get cold into these room, in this room. I remember it like crazy because, you know, they're calling us individually to see if we made the team or not. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like shitting bricks, man. I'm packing it. And, and, even though I had no reason to be, when I look back, I'm silly. I just should use my head. I was crushing it. I was easy on the team, but you know, not only did I make the team, but I was starting against good old Cuba again. Um, and who at the time were the number one team in the world. And we had yet to beat them in the juniors at that stage. Um, 
and I went out there and, and, and gave him a good old uh, good old flogging, mate, good old toweling. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was nice. We won the game for the first time we ever been, and we actually went through the first round of that World Cup undefeated. You know, we went through everybody. Um, we beat every country we faced, and then we only, the only game we lost was that Korea game, getting in the gold medal. Which and then we yeah. doubled up with another loss against you know we ended up fourth, but um, really good showing for you know the two thousand Australian team. I think we had about seven guys off that sign, and I think four or five get to the big leagues. So, which is crazy out of 36, awesome. 36 Australians, you're getting four or five coming off the same year level. Like, yeah, I think Justin Huber, uh, Trent Olgin, Ryan Roland Smith. Who else was on that team? We had, I think we had uh, another one that made it too. He's kind of escaping me right now, but yeah. Crazy. That's, that's super cool. And you, you spoke on, uh, being on Team Australia, was that a difficult conversation with the teams or were they pretty understanding uh, with you wanting, the, your MLB teams wanting to go play for Team Australia? Um, I never got the chance. I think my agent did that asking, did the question okay. asking when it came to that. Like um, when I went in that 0-9-1, I know for a fact after, after the fact that the Diamondbacks did not want me to go and play in that. Even though yeah. they're supposed to let me go because that's right. you know, the WBC. You know, they they dropped me down from big league camp as soon as I got back. Like I didn't even, and, and I just beat Cuba, or I just yeah. threw the shit out of it against Cuba. Like that's if if you want to find a team as close to a major league team as you can, Team Cuba was it back then. Yep. How 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 are you sending me down in the minor leagues after that? Like that was more, and then I never got even got a sniff. So you know, I don't like the Diamondbacks very much. Yeah. Um, Touche. I feel like I feel like the way I feel about teams is how the teams I played for, how they treated me, like while I was there, is how I feel about them now. So I'm I'm still a Mariner fan, even though they're in a division with the A's. I really love the Mariners, right? I just I'm always going to. They were my original team when I was coming up. I was a big Ken Griffey guy. He was all over my wall, you know, Randy Johnson. Me too. Yeah, I mean, he couldn't. But the kid. I I became an A's fan once I became an A. Yep. It's like it, it just it, it it I love the style of game they play. I love even though it's like not I just love the grittiness and the hard nosed style and the overachieving. It, it's very Team Australia for me. And yeah. the same colors is Team Australia. Um their fans, you know, like no fans hardly from other teams ever reached out to me. Well, I wasn't given a great opportunity with every other club I played for, but I was given a really good opportunity by the A's. So, I, I, you know, that obviously helped that I felt that way. Fans really accepted me really well. Like, I'd never had that kind of interaction with fans um, because I was never, like, the kind of guy that people would buy the jersey for, you know. I'm not I'm not a star. I'm just, uh, just me. And so they kind of treated me more like I was a bit of a star at times, you know. Whenever I had a good game, they, they let me know and – I started to believe that I could play at that level more as an A. Before that, I don't think I had the belief in myself until the A's fans really, like, helped me believe. So, you know, and I still remember, we'll we'll probably touch on this game 161, but if you remember the game ahead before game 161? Yes. It was a little rough. It it wasn't even that bad. If you really look at the pitches I made and how I kind of got screwed – I gave up a lead off homer, but whatever. This is a potent offense, and it was the fifth time I'd faced him for the year. Like, yep. they, knew, they knew what I had. Right. I wasn't a whole 100% on, and then I make really good 3-2 down and away fastball to Napoli, who hits a, hits a freaking third, you know, second row of seats in, in right field on a line drive. 
yeah. like for a for a grand slam, and that's my one inning of five runs. And so I got taken out of the game, no chance to kind of make that feel a little better. But you know, the fact that Bob and I I was hearing all the questions from the media, you know, yep. in the week when in those weeks, like, you know, what are you gonna do if you get to game one sixty one and you have a chance to tie the Rangers? Are you still gonna stick with Blackley? You know, that's the kind of shit they're asking him. And he's yep, like, yeah. listen, yes, we're gonna stick with him. He's been our guy, he's been our guy all year and and when we come up when we needed him to and that was huge that he was spoken like that because I heard that stuff. I wouldn't let anyone at the time know I was listening to it, but you know. No, and that's have, that's yeah. one of those things that I saw when I was going through your your pictures. I I didn't even remember that game off the top of my head, but I, I saw that you put out a post that basically said, A's fans, I, I feel as bad about this game as, as you guys do. I'm gonna come out better. And and you did. And speaking to A's fans I mean, I don't think there's any better fans in, in Major League Baseball than A's fans. And obviously, I'm, I'm a little biased because I've been one my whole life. But no, I think the way that you interacted with the A's fans was was why you were endeared to us. But you also embodied that that grittiness that the team exhibits year to year. Yeah. You and came in they, as a, a you came in as a long reliever, right, to the A's. And that's that's yeah. the role you were kind of promised and then well, had to step up. I wouldn't say promised. Like when when I came over from the Giants, I was kind. It was kind of like a move. I think the A's were just trying to get depth in AAA. Like yeah. I was told by Bob when I got there, like, "Hey man, enjoy this two weeks and see what you can do." Because you ain't. Yeah. You gave me a flat out truth. He said, "You ain't on this team yet. Like, you got to earn your spot." I mean, you know, right now it's you know they just did this with right before me. They had Luke Hughes and Rich Thompson, both those Australian kids, and they were up for two weeks each, and both got sent down because they picked them off waivers and like to bolster their, their stocks. And like, so I'd already been up and down twice and it had been a long time since I'd been back. And I was just sick of being that like middle of the road, like four a player. And I just said, right, I'm not going to. And, and I remember being scared in some of these moments earlier in my career, not of the actual pitching, but of like just the moment. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I was too immature to come up when I did. But this time I was 29 and this time I wasn't ready to, you know, I'd just come through AAA. And I mean, when I say boat raced, I never smoked AAA hitters as badly as I did that year. Like small sample size, but I think I had a 0-3 ERA. Like I was absolutely, actually ridiculous that year. And I was like, this ain't no different, man. The Giants kind of, I was, my role with the Giants was being Tim Lincecum's backpack. Like I was... (laughs) Every time he got in trouble, I had to warm up. Some games I'm warming up four times before I come in, you know, because he was shaky that year, you know, getting, you know, in trouble every inning and I'm up every inning and I'm up 60 pitches deep before I actually tow the rubber on the, on the field. Yeah. So when I come over to the A's, I, my first outing, I get a, I, I get a face the Giants and I actually have to come in load of bases and bail Balfour out of a jam. And I struck, yeah. out, I struck out belts to get out of the inning, right? And then threw another zero up on top of it. And then the next game, I'm pitching against the Angels after I believe um, Graham Godfrey got slapped around, you know, for like maybe seven runs or something in two innings. So they abused me more like a long guy. Yep. And did really well, no runs. And yeah, then 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 Graham, I guess, got sent down, and I replaced him in the in the rotation in Minnesota and did really well and held pretty much the starting job all year um when when a bigger name guy came off the dl i got shipped back to the bullpen no matter how good i was pitching it was 
a little annoying because I went on a really good streak there in like July where I think I beat like Darvish in Texas and, and I, don't, I beat some big name players, man, like and toe to toe Kershaw, eight innings each, you know, one run each. And then Sespi hit a walk off grand slam that game. Like, yeah, it, it was like I was pitching out of my head. Um. But I was starting to believe, you know, and, and we were getting on a run, you know. Our A's were starting to like, you know, we swept the Yankees at home. We swept we swept some teams that just, you know, we started opening eyes and then we all started believing, you know. A lot of guys overperformed that year, you know. What 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 happened with guys like Moss and even yep. Reddick? You know, you could dare say Reddick kind of never had as good a year as he did that year. Yeah. I mean, he 30, played out of his mind on defense and, and hit the shit out of the ball too, so. 30 tanks, 30 tanks. Yeah. And like. And he hit like for the high 200s average. Like yep. he was unreal that year. And I feel like every year he kind of just eh, down a little bit more. Still a really good player. But, you know, like, and it's expectable. The other teams, they get all this info on you. They understand. They figure out how to get you out. So, you know, to combat that, you've got to continually evolve. And so I understand why, you know, but he's still a great player. Um, but, yeah, I you just, know, that was a that crazy team. Yeah. Crazy year. It was the most fun I've ever had playing baseball. Absolutely. Well, and I think you, you spoke to the turning point in the season. I mean, you guys swept the Yankees four games, four games to none at their house. And I think that was the start of the streak. And I mean, everything just went out. up from there. It was, it was in at a home. It was at home. Yeah. Yep, I, I yep. remember, yeah, because when we went to there later in the year, I, I, I had a game there. I didn't, we didn't lose. I think we lost one of those games. But yeah, that was. That was nuts. But anyway, that game went horrible. And so on Twitter, I was getting absolutely lit up by fans. Like they were obviously frustrated because we're so close to getting to this playoffs. And, yep. you know, maybe some took some frustration out on me. But I mean, I'd never been bashed on Twitter like I've been bashed there. Like all these yep. people who were loving me forever or for the last, you know, six months or four months or so, all of a sudden they're just like absolutely like saying some some horrible things like the internet's horrible but yes and is. i just i just felt like i mean this was literally i'm on the, the bike with ice on my arm riding the bike in the in the club room seeing all this shit come up on my phone like and i just wrote on the note section a letter to the fans because like little do they know that this was the biggest moment in my life you know this is what yeah. i've been chasing my whole life so i wanted as much as them and uh I think that that brought out a little bit like that. Like I started getting apologies from these people, like for being rude, like being super mean. And like I can handle getting shit talked. Like don't get me wrong. For but, sure. You know, like going into the next game, I, I needed a good headspace, and I wanted to let the, the fans know that hey, I'm not slacking here. I'm still working my absolute ass off, trying to be the best I can, trying to give you guys the best, the, the my team the best chance to win, and you guys the best product to watch. And so. Yeah, you know, I think that gets forgotten about that we are human, and that, you know, it's not easy. Oh, definitely. Especially when, like, all right, massive name guys—they've kind of even harder. I can't imagine being like a Mike Trout. The expectation every game, like, you know, he's allowed to mess up. Oh, for sure. But, um, but for the no-name guys like me, the guys, you know, that's like I think even more crazy because we're closer to the average person than those superstars. You know, we, I never made the big money. I, I need to work the rest of my life still. You know, I ain't, I ain't set for no life, lifetime. Um, it's just, you know, it's crazy to think like back then 
even though you're up and living that lifestyle, which I'll never get to live again, but it was just so, yeah, so nuts. And so, yeah, that letter helped. And then the next week, obviously, I bounced back. And cool story to go right before I walk out for Game 161. Grant Balfour stops me at the top of the steps before you walk down. He grabs me by the shoulders. He kind of shakes me as he says this, and he yells. He doesn't yell it, but he speaks pretty firmly. Can I swear? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, let her rip. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. I know not a thing that comes out of Balf's mouth is is not a swear <laughs> word, so have at it. No, but it, it stuck with me. I'll never forget this because, you know, Balfour was one of my idols looking up as an Australian that did it before me. Yep. I, I was as a young rookie ball or like a low A guy, single A, double A guy. I'm looking at what he's doing and going, he's paving the way. He's showing me that I can do it. So anyway, I get there and he, he hits another and he goes, show him your fucking balls. Show him how big your fucking balls are. Like just, <laughs> but the way he said it, man, like he got me, it gave me chills hearing it, man. I came in, I gave me goose yeah. flesh hearing it. And I mean, I went out there and I think I was warming up in the low 90s. Like I was absolutely jacked up after that. Like he got me so fired up. I had to calm Love myself it. down. And um, obviously getting through the first inning and striking at Hamilton and hearing the roar, the roar. I've never heard of a crowd like that. Like you remember the Oakland, the stadium, but right at that time of year where they basically need to take the shit off the root, off the seats. Yep, the, top. the tarps. Yep. Dude, it was, you couldn't even hear the announcer. You couldn't even hear the, the names of who was coming up to here. Like, it was so insane. And, yeah, best time of life. <laughs> yeah, whatever whatever that noise is in the Coliseum during playoff time, if you could just shoot that shit directly into my veins, oh, my God, that place is electric yeah. when, needs, when it's yeah. playoff baseball. Who needs heroin, mate? You just get that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's probably a little less deadly, too, so. Yeah. <laughs> maybe <laughs> but no that that's one thing i'm going to miss about the coliseum whenever whenever the team does move but it is yeah i mean you can say what you want to say about the the stands and all that stuff it, it's obviously not the the state-of-the-art facility but the crowd that packs in there is is absolutely electric when when it's playoff baseball so i'm glad to hear you say that and um, I did want to ask you about Balfour, so I don't know if you want to just go straight into him. I mean, you said you looked up to him. How how was playing with him? He, he seemed like he was always just a, a ball, a missed strike man. away from losing it. Yeah, listen, man. You ever heard of the term white line fever? Mm. You got to have it. Like I got it too. I'm a different cat. Like, and I, people call me an aggressive pitcher, man. But he is different. He needs to be redlining to be at his best so when yeah. he's not when he's not feeling that way at least this is how i interpret it i've never actually asked him why but this is what i interpret he excels when he's at the on the edge of like losing his shit. yep so, so when he didn't feel like it he had to scream and yell obscenities to get his heart rate fired up enough to release dopamine and to get <laughs> to get psycho he needed to do that to become his best whereas i couldn't do that i'm not that style of pitcher even though I can be an angry guy out there, it's different. I, I can't pitch where my heart rate's going 150, 160, 170. Yeah. You know, I, I like to be a little more calm, but I'm, I'm a starter by trait. I'm not a grip it and rip right. it. Guy. But um, I was blown away. So before I signed, I watched Balfour pitch in the Intercontinental Cup for Australia, which is a World Cup. US, everyone was there, USA, all of them. And we won the gold medal that year, right? We had just a we had a squad and Balfour came in against Cuba and just 
I've never seen a hundred mile an hour pitch before, man. But he was like 97, 98, 99, a hundred, just blowing them by these Cuban dudes, just higher, higher, higher. And just, Oh dude. So that was like, man, I want to play with this dude one day. And then I, the next summer I got to play when Dave Nielsen bought the Australian baseball league and made this like international league kind of thing happen. I was on his team then as an 18 year old and got to meet him. He was only like 21 maybe. Um, and yeah, it was just so cool to be around those guys. Other guys like Chris Snelling were on that team. Like Chris Snelling, oh, yeah. Chris Snelling might be the best hitter ever come out of Australia. And he was a very Pete Rose style player. Like he was very good. He hit over 300 every level he played. Um, got to the big leagues at 20 years of age as a hitter, as a young Aussie hitter. That doesn't ever happen. No. That's how good he was. And then he was in ninth game in the big leagues. His knee blew out. One of 14 surgeries on his knees. He never got healthy, Please. but he had almost seven years of service time. That's how good he is. The teams would put him on their list, even when he was hurt, pick him up when he was hurt because they know how good he was. And so playing with those dudes, man, that was just, I was lucky. The, the generations after me didn't really, I don't think they get to play with so many good players like I did that were Australian born, that, that fed my um, want to do what they did, you know? Like I yeah. want to follow them. So Balfour was the man, dude, and he, you know, he really made it a good time for me. You know, if I ever felt like in a spot, like he was always there. You know, what I mean, you always had that guy, and his dad used to be like with an agency that I was with when I was like seventeen before I signed. Like I knew his dad um, before that, so we kind of had history there. But no, it, was, it is, yeah, I would always have him on my team. Really good, really good guy. Yeah, Fittest dude I've ever played with. Fittest oh yeah, he's. Guy just ripped i can't believe and the funny thing about him is how pissed off the pitcher or the hitters would get that he was pitching against because you know he would shout his obscenities into his glove and they thought he was shouting at them or whatever and they they got pretty pissed off but he was a racehorse after it's got done running a race like his veins across his chest his veins had veins like he was <laughs> i've never seen a guy like this dude man he was so yeah. cut. He was so cut and so strong you know yeah, no wonder he threw so damn hard. Yeah, I I would absolutely love to get him on too. I'm, I'm going to try to get as many guys from the 2012 team on just because it's the 10-year anniversary. I feel like you guys were, uh, if, if there was a team of destiny, the way that that season went, I, I just thought it was going to be you guys for sure. But uh. the funny thing about it is the A's just recently lost their ninth game in a row yesterday. And they, they said – they won today. Yeah, they right? they won today, but they they said on the broadcast, Glenn in Dallas, they said, "This is the first A's team to lose nine in a row since the 2012 team." So I was like, "Oh, well, maybe we're not doing so bad after all." <laughs> we'll get it turned around. <laughs> I, I wasn't even I wasn't even on the team when they lost nine. I remember, yeah, I remember that I was still with the uh, Giants, but no, I, I yeah, that's that's nuts that that's like that. But I mean, yeah, it's going to be tough for them this year. But I mean, we did. Ex I feel like the team I joined that weren't expected to do well had a few more weapons than the team that's got they got right now. I, oh, I for sure. I can't imagine they can even win games with how much they lost from last year. Yeah. yeah. The fact that they actually took some scalps early in the year from Tampa. Who are they? They played the Mets. Did they play the Mets? Who is it? No, they, they played the Phillies. Um, they won some games, right? They won one. They should have won two, but yeah. it's It's been an interesting season for sure. I mean, I, I hope they can 
overperform. I know we were talking off off the air about that, and you said you like the Mariners. Angels are off to a really hard hot oh, start as well, but well, I love the uh, Angels too. It's so hard. I love the West because obviously I shouldn't go for these teams because they're a. I'm an A's fan, but I want to see Mike Trout win. I love Otani. I've watched him since yep. I played in Japan against him. You know what I mean? Like he he. I saw him real deal before he even touched the big league field, and he was nasty then. I, I think Mike Trout's my favorite player uh, that I've ever. Like, I mean, I think he plays the game the right way. I think, I think that we're in a time of people just showing off. You know, it's like this dude just puts his head down and runs when he hits a ball. Like he's done it so many times that this ain't no yeah. thing. You know, what I mean, I think that's way more respectable than you know stopping up the line to take a selfie or doing some kind of cross euro stepping into the bag and taking a football. Like, I think that. I think that's tired trash. I think it's ruining the game. I don't like that whole genre coming in, but I'm a little old school about I it. I love it. I don't. I think it's garbage. And then no, I mean, I, I love your opinion. Oh, well, maybe that says me. I'm a pitcher, and if I see that shit happening when I'm pitching, you know what? Up and in. I ain't going to forget it. And if I miss, yep. yeah, exactly. When I'm coming in, I'm not going to try and hit someone deliberately unless they, like, they literally got to bring my mom into it for me to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. <laughs> but I, I, love I, that I don't, too. <laughs> I don't, I don't think they can there. find you anymore, Travis. You, you yeah. can say what you want to say. <laughs> no, you know, I just think that, um, I think that, like, this whole, like, look at me, look at me generation is kind of tired. I, I prefer... No wonder they're the worst hitting generation in in, in the league of, in the t- entire world. Uh, what is it? The history of hitting. Yeah. Like a, no, it's it's bad. The game has gone to shit um, when it comes to that, and you've got you know idiots running the running the thing, changing rules left, right, and center. It's it's barely recognizable game, and it's a shame because it's such a wonderful, amazing game. Um, and at the grassroots here, we still teach it that way. You know, we don't want no, yep. none of that crap. You know, we see kids showing off like that. They get the bench. You know what I mean? Like, you've got you've to gotta respect your opponent, but respect the game and respect yourself. You look like an idiot out there doing some of this stuff. And look at, you know, anyway, it gets me fired up to where, I don't know. No, man. I, because, I, I think you I, said yeah. it best, though. I mean, it's it's acting like you've been there before. I. I use Bill's favorite NFL player as an example, Barry Sanders. He'd score a touchdown and walk up to the ref and hand him the football and go back to the huddle. It wasn't, it's just my job. And I I miss seeing that with, with professional players for sure. Yeah, I know. It's so good. Like, that's why I like Otani. Otani doesn't show off, man. Like that dude comes from a respect driven game in Japan. They're all about respect. You know, you hit, you hit somebody and you bow to them. You know what I mean? Like you, sorry. Now yeah, I'm not gonna I'm bad. not gonna I'm not gonna bow because as a pitcher I've always been taught that like I'm never gonna apologize. You know, and I don't want them to know that was a mistake. I want them having that little bit of an idea, maybe <laughs> thinking I meant it. You know? Hell yeah. But I gotta win those mind games. I didn't have a yeah. hundred more now possible. <laughs> That's so. true. Um well, speaking on that subject, Dallas was looking for someone to, to give them to give him a 94 mile an hour fastball to bean someone, you, you think you got one left in the in the tank at 94? No, no. 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 I, I played. Hey, get this. So I retired, right? But I did a pitching coach job with the Canberra Cavalry last year, and they wanted me to pitch. They were only exhibition games because ABL shut down due to COVID, and so I had to pitch. And would you believe it? I'm only a few months. This was only about two three two months ago, but you know I'm 39. I'll be 40 this year. And I hit 90 mile an hour again. Damn. 
multiple nice. times. Nice. That's impressive, Travis. Wow. Oh. And I'm How'd getting you feel all... after. <laughs> Actually, I felt great. I felt great. Good, I, I, don't hurt. I don't hurt. I don't hurt, man. I can I still pitch. You know, I, I teach pitching every day, so I don't have to do it. But uh I got you know, I got three more sessions tonight that I'm gonna do. So it's it, I've, I think I'm a better pitcher now. I just wish I could. I, I wish I understood pitching like I do now. For and sure. And a view with what I had, because I think I could have thrown harder than I did. I mean, I was a 90 to 93 guy, kind of. I was more like an 88, 92 guy. But as the reliever with the Astros and, and you know, Rangers and that, I was more like a 91 to 94 guy. But I did hit 95 and I did hit 96. So I knew that there was a little bit of that in there. But if I could do it today, like I know more about spin rate and more about, cause I teach it now. Oh yep. man. I think that's the only reason I'm still able to hit 90 mile an hour at this age because I understand how to do it now. You know, For back sure. then I didn't understand my mechanics back in the day. I just pitched. I just saw the glove, did what I did. And you know, I, I understood more how to get a guy out dissecting them rather than how I was doing it with my body, how I was doing it, making it happen. So that was cool. But, yeah, I'm still I'm still keeping my hand up in the air for the WBC next year. There you go. Well, I, I hope you make to, it. I wanted to finish in the Olympics, man, but our country decided, our country's sporting authority decided that they didn't when when COVID broke out in um in Taiwan where we were supposed to have our tournament, they moved it. They, like we were the second ranked team in the tournament at number 6. Instead of giving it to us, they sent it to Mexico. And so our team, all of a sudden, they had budgeted to go to Taiwan. It was going to cost them like double to go to Mexico, and they pulled out, and we never even had a chance. Right? Yeah, and the players didn't get a say in it. Like that was made. Decisions were made by suits that didn't even play the game, or if they did play the game, they've been out of the game so long they forgot. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you know, if if these people are hearing it at this at all, which I doubt they are, but if they happen to hear this, yes, I'm talking about you. (laughs) <laughs> that I basically, you know, held on for years to play for that, years. I would yeah. have retired much earlier and probably be financially in a better spot than I am, and and I'd probably be in America. Yeah, you know, I'd probably have a job and have my green card, but I kept playing in Mexico and all around the world, so that was all put on hold. And then COVID hit, and I'm stuck here waiting for my green card for, yep. four years, for almost three and a half years now. So it's been a stress just because I held on for that. So I'm thinking, you know, I still want to retire, retire in green and gold. Like my last pitch ever, I want to throw it in green and gold. And then I'll never pitch again. You could, even though I can, even though I can, I'm, I don't want to. I don't love it like I used to, but I tell you, it'll get my blood thumping again if I pitch for the Australia in a game in this, out of the pen for one hitter, I don't care. You don't need to, you don't need, you don't need to start me, you know? The loogie. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, coming into a Ryan Roland Smith, he did the same thing back in the last one. You know, he, he hadn't played in a while and he came out and he got he came in and got outs. You know, yep. the experience speaks for itself. You can't, you could take a kid that's got 95, but doesn't, he's, he's scared out there. Or you could take me who's been there. And I'm not going to be in awe of the situation. And, uh, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do what I can to get outs. And, you know, I don't, I don't know the numbers, but I don't think anyone's ever played for Australia and has the num- numbers I have. Because yep. every time I play for them, I bleed for them. You know what I mean? Like I, and I always, I don't think I've given up. I, I must have a one or lower ERA for them. Maybe in maybe 50, 40, 50 innings. Like I've thrown a ton 
and I just zero, hang zeros all day for him because I know our team's not the most offense potent offense. Yep. We win with our pitching. And, uh, you know, like I know that I'm not going to let that let this team down with that one last try, even at this age. So if they let me know I'm a chance and I'll be working out again, trying to be ready because, uh, yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be really cool. That would be insane. Yeah. And we would for sure be in your corner. But Oh, big time. Um, tell me about Bob Melvin. Wow. He was your first manager back in with the Mariners and then again in, in Oakland. Is that correct? Man, me and Bob have had some run-ins, yeah. So, <laughs> no, 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 no. I really, I mean, there was a moment in my life where I wasn't sure what how I felt about him. And, and then, you know, same, I could imagine he probably wasn't a fan of me um, early on, right? We're talking pre-2012. So, 2004, I get called up and Bob Melvin's my manager. Yep. I'm young. I'm 21 years old. I'm immature. I'm dumb. I'm, I'm making mistakes. I'm being late to, you know, I'm not, I'm not. I can, I'm just looking back, I'm an idiot. I'm looking back at me now and I'm like, you know what? I wish I had been a little better. And uh, I can't imagine how he felt about me then. Probably wasn't a great feeling in his, uh, or a great taste in his mouth, I guess, so to speak, for me. And I didn't perform that well outside of my first two games. So then we reunited again in 2009. I was with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Okay. And the worst thing ever could have happened. I'd actually had matured by this stage. I was a lot better and and, and after re- thanking him for another opportunity to, you know, make a team, um, you know, when it turns daylight savings or whatever and it, yeah. changes, and it changes and you get dropped back an hour. Well, yep. I woke up without my alarm, you know, normal time because I've been waking up that 4 a.m. or 5, whatever, every day, every day. So I woke up and I realized, oh, shit, I got another hour. So, you know go back to sleep and for some reason my phone did not wake me up. Well, I get knocked on the door at 1130 in the morning and it's like one of the, one of the assistant GMs is on my, at my door, making sure I'm not dead. And um, I show up, it was embarrassing. I had to show up to the field. I got there at like 12. The boys are coming in off the field yeah. and I had to go into his office and he aired me out, like threatened to send me down, release me and like, just and at this stage, I know he hates me, right? And he has every right. To, <laughs> he has every right to, man. I bet, but it, but yeah. it wasn't because it was on freaking Tuesday or something. Like it wasn't even like I was out the night before. I was on my same regular schedule, keeping my nose clean, staying, staying, you know, off the piss and 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 eating healthy. And it was just a bad. You know, I was knackered from playing every day, man. Like being on the field every day and going in and trying to be the first to the field and the last to leave. I'm knackered, so. I just, I fell asleep, man. Sue me. And Were you, you know, scheduled to start that day? No, 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 no. Oh, it was just, okay. a, just a camp day. I didn't even think the games had started yet. It was early in the camp. So that probably didn't help my cause because, you know, I got sent down after the WBC, like we mentioned before, that same, this same spring. But uh, yeah, man. And I mean, he probably still has the thought of me uh, from the 2004 Mariners, like being this young, dumb, immature kid. And, he, and then this is the next real big thing that come up between us, and it's not good. So then, when I get to the man, when I get to the uh, the A's, man, I was kind of shitting myself when I when I knew I was going up, <laughs> and I knew I was going to Texas to meet the team, and I'm and I had to go and like say what's up to you know. When I first get to the field, you got to go let the manager know you're there and say hi. And dude, that was like kind of scary. I'm not gonna lie because. Now I know I've grown up. I'm almost 30. 
I've been pitching the shit out of the ball all year. And that's why at least he, he was cool with me, man. And he, and, but he let me know straight up, hey, man, this team, you ain't on this team yet. Like, yeah, you know what, you, what you're thinking, but you, you, it doesn't mean you can't make the team. If you pitch your ass off, you can make the team. And the biggest turning point, and even then, it was very like I never really spoke to him. He was always the manager, and I never got to have a type of conversation. We're in Colorado, middle of the season. He had just been named as an all-star coach that day. And I was first one to the field, as usual. Well, I'm not, I was kind of one of the first three to the field every day. I was trying to be, especially on the road. And he's walking by me in the clubhouse. Hey, Black, how you doing? And I said, hey, man, hey, Bob, how you doing? Congratulations on your, you know, on your, you know, all I said, congratulations. And he's like, huh? What, what do you mean? For what? And I was like, for all-star. Like, you know, I don't know how. But anyway, later that day, you know, Bob would always walk around the outfield during batting practice and speak to guys. But he'd never, ever stopped with me. He'd never come to me before. And I'd been there two months, man. Or not even yeah. six weeks. Today, I see him walking out and he's he's tracking to me, man. He's tracking. I'm like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's coming to me. All right. All right. <clears throat> Getting ready. And, um, you know, he just starts to tell me that, you know, he's been really impressed with me this year and that, like, He's obviously noticed that I've grown up since the last few times we've been around and that uh, I'm, I'm getting along with everybody on the team really well. I'm really fitting in with the group. And um, he wanted to let me know that I didn't have to look over my shoulder anymore, that I'd made like that this team, I was on it now. That, that is you know, awesome. That's that was amazing. the, yeah, really cool feeling to hear that because for the whole career prior, it had always been looking over my shoulder because yep. you're, ne you're never safe. That's the hardest thing to do is stay in the big leagues. Getting there is easy compared to staying there. And so when that happened, it was just like, wow. And and the funny thing was I went out there and rewarded him, I think, with the next game where I just shoved against Texas. I'm pretty sure it was against Texas, against against Darvish. I think I went seven innings, one run in Texas, which I don't think all year a road pitcher went seven innings for less than two runs. No, that's impressive because Texas, that, that old park, it, I mean, you touch the ball and it would go out. Yeah, and, and, and I, I remember being in a jam with a runner on third. Gentry hit a freaking triple to lead off the inning, and I went through young Andrews and Hamilton with a runner on third and left him stranded in a one-run game. At the time, it was one nothing. And we only Gentry won was a stud. Yeah. That guy was always hitting A's. Always. Yeah, he was a tough I, out. I hated that guy. <laughs> well, not personally, but yeah. uh, so that, was a, that was just like one of the coolest moments in my career because, you know, I really, really, I get to play under Bob for most of my most of my big league time. And I really think like, and I had a few other managers down the road and none of them have been like him. He's just been so even keeled man i don't know how you can just be so calm in such a big moment sometimes um but yeah he, he so i had a bit of a love hate you know i kind of hated him early on and then that changed my mind on him altogether and then you know like obviously the way we went that year it was it was like wow this guy is legit and i think he won a one main manager of the year that year didn't he like didn't he i think so yeah i mean yeah. he won three with the a's so that was and probably think, one of them. Because we just came out of nowhere that year, you know? And, and yeah, he, Bob, Bob, Bob Melvin, man. Haven't, haven't seen him, I don't think, since 2013. I, um, 13, maybe? When I was with the Astros or the, with the Rangers. Man, 
it was absolutely heartbreaking losing him. I mean, I love Mark Kotze. He was a former player with the A's. He might have even been on one of your teams, maybe. No, was, but I'm, no? I, he, I'm in his book. Okay. He freaking took me deep. Can you believe it? He's probably got four home runs in his whole career, and he got me. <laughs> Guys, seriously, <laughs> leading off the game, I was 21 years old, man, leading off the game in Oakland, hits a home run off me. Yeah, Cost is a good guy. I'm sure he'll turn it around. But losing Bob Mel, I mean, he he's been the the stable piece in all of that turnover, constant turnover with the A's. So yeah. it was pretty tough seeing that he left for the Padres. But obviously, if if I have a side team, I can't decide between the the Mets and the Padres because you know mm. Padres have Bob Melvin and Sean Mania, and then I think you even aren't you friends with Sean Mania? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I like Sean. I like uh, I, I like the Padres, but man, I can't like any team that Machado's on. I'm just not a fan of that that guy. So yeah, they all he, had, he had a little scuffle with you guys. Yeah, yes, he did. More yes, than he one. did. More more than one. He threw his bat. Yeah. At, he threw his bat at uh, Donaldson or something, and like while swinging, yep. like a like a really bullshit ass swing where he wasn't even trying to hit the ball. He was just trying to throw nope. his bat. He literally just threw his bat. Yeah, I remember that. And and he's just a dog. He's just a dog of a player. Like he's, like one, he's one guy. He's one guy I'd like to shove a ball right in his ribs. Like I, I don't want to hit people deliberately, but that's one guy where if I got an opportunity to face him, forget trying to get him out, man. He's copper one. I don't care. Come see me on the mound, buddy. I don't yeah. like that guy. It's no secret. He just made like my day. I cannot yeah. stand him. Oh, I hate him yeah. with a passion. He's not the only one. There's a few out there that I'm not a big fan of, but he's definitely he's definitely probably top of the list. Him and Puig. Yeah. I wasn't a big fan of Puig either. When Puig was both, a big oh. shit talker when he came up. I mean, and, to be fair, he was hitting the shit out of the ball for yeah. you know an entire season. But mm-hmm. uh, but no, I, I like I said, I'm trying to decide between my side team in the in the National League of. Padres or Mets, and obviously the Mets have Marte and Canna, and mm. who am I missing? Oh, Bassett. Oh, Bassett, Bassett. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm, I, I stick to the Bay, man. I'm, I like Giants in the National League, but I know that's kind of sacrilege in the Gross. Bay. Gross. Right? Hey, man. Calm down, down. It's fine. Down. It's fine. <laughs> hey, like, here's the thing, man. We don't have a choice where we go, and they they pick me up three times in my career. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, traded, they traded for me. They signed me as a free agent twice. They gave me opportunities. Bobby Evans over there is one of the best guys I've, I've come across in, in the front office of baseball in America. And I just really love the Giants. They've got a great organization. They, they, they love their colors. You know what I mean? Like I like playing in the, it's, and I like the Bay Area. So what, what's there not to like? And Just tell me when you're done and I'll, I'll, oh, I'll rejoin. <laughs> God. <laughs> no, but no, one of my one of my best no. mates, one of my best mates you know, in baseball to this day is Sergio Romo. Right, he was one of the best yep. at my wedding. Oh man, I love yeah. that guy. Yeah, right. And how can you hate the, How can you hate him? And he won me a World Series ring, man. Like that that yep. year, that year that we almost won with the A's. And honestly, still believe if we get through the Tigers, we get we get it. The Tigers yep. were tough for sure. Five, Five gamer, that's tough to beat the Tigers. Freaking Verlander, dude. Dude, and and how about the strike zone? I mean, sorry. oh, yeah, we won't. <laughs> he was getting the biggest strike there zone in the world, man. I can't even believe it. And then he passed the play in the World Series, and he wasn't getting those same calls and bitching about him. And I'm yep. like, well, dude, this is the only game on today. There is no other baseball. Every baseball fan is watching this game. This umpire is not going to give you that. Yeah, you know that nobody was watching the A's final except for A's fans and Detroit fans. You know what I'm saying? 
Yep. So the umpire is getting away, giving him a 20 inch plate with like a third, you know, 25 inch high strike zone. And, and it was just a joke. I, I was the worst umpiring performance I've ever seen. Um, was it, was it I, Joe West or Angel Hernandez? Cause it had to have been one of those two. Or I don't, I don't remember. I just remember, I don't remember. I didn't know the names of many guys back then. I only but the ones remember. you did know, I'm sure are the bad ones. No, I really liked Tim McClellan. I thought he was really good. Okay. Big right. old guy, but he was really late with his strike calls. He got me a few times where I didn't want to show him up by starting to walk around the mound, but he'd actually called strike three already. But then he'd, he'd call it at like where the hitter could and umpire, the catcher could hear it, but I couldn't. And then yeah. all of a sudden he'd step back and do this. And like, so a few times, <laughs> and I had to apologize yeah. one time because I started walking, stopped, took a reverse step, then realized he called it, then kept walking. And afterwards I walked up and then, man, sorry, I, I don't mean to like stop like there. I just, I feel like they're giving me their strikes, which they are, you called them, but I, I'm getting thrown off by your timing on calling them. Yeah. You know, I don't, I just don't want to let, I don't want to upset you, man. Like I'm, I'm pretty new in the, in the big leagues here. I don't want to like, I don't need you against me too. Right. Yeah. So, uh, those hitters you know, are good yeah. enough, right? Yeah. And so, and that was, yeah, my first, my first start was like that, um, against Minnesota, but yeah, man. Um, Angel Hernandez, I had him. I had him, and he was actually pretty good, man. I like. Well, here's the thing: he's a bit of a pitcher's umpire, and he? he gives you a lot of shit that actually oh, yeah. likes. Well, I don't know, man. He's pretty hit and miss. He'll call yeah. him just all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> it's tough to say. Tough to say what he is, but I just think when you're that bad, and you can't accept that you're that bad, like you know what I mean, like <laughs> yeah. when when you can't go out and reason with an umpire, that's the worst. When they're right and you're wrong, no matter what, and they don't want to be look like a a mug out there, then they just get their back up. That's him right now. That's, yeah. you know, they, he's actually not good enough to be in the big leagues, but you know, you gotta, you gotta freaking fulfill the demographic, right? You gotta keep, you gotta have a couple of all kind of, you know, gotta have some from the Latin background, some from, you know, they gotta have a bit of everything these yeah. days. They really do. And I don't know why there's no one that can take his spot because he's pretty trash. And I'm sure there's a guy that's a Latin umpire down in, in the minor leagues is better than him. You For know, sure. Kick Guaranteed. his ass out. But I, that's what I honestly think it's about. They're only keeping him because of that, because it can't be for his ability because he's terrible. Well, I think, I think it's a lot like at least teaching in the, in the United States where you, once you're covered by the union, it's, it's basically impossible to get you out. And I think that's 100% what it is. Because if you look at his grades game to game, I mean, he's always like in the 77% accuracy yeah. when the average is like 89%. Yeah, so that's a C, bro. That's a C. That's a yeah, C or a D. You ain't getting good. But yeah. all right. So moving on from Bob Melvin, um, <laughs> tell us about. For a while. I told you this would go for a while, didn't I? <laughs> We do the same right. thing. Hey, we'll keep you as long as as long as you're willing to go. And if you need to go, I mean, just let us know and we'll cut you loose. But no, I got nothing. Walk us through the the game 161. I mean, you already told us what happened before before the game, but so obviously that was a bit of a stressful week, you know. Just constantly, not only having to hear Bob talk to the media, but the media talking to me. Yeah, you know, they're, com they're coming up to me every game, you know, between games asking, you know, and you know what? I have to give it to uh, Susan. Uh, Susan Slusser. Yeah, she yeah, is. She the was best. the best. 
she is the best and she made that a lot more tolerable for me and there was others too i i, I forget their name i will never forget susan's name probably jane lee at that time oh yeah jane was amazing but no, no the blokes that were there like um there's a long-haired guy that was well he's long hair but not much on top but long out the back um kind I'm of trying to think who else hair. he um with glasses but yeah like they were all pretty nice to me but I think that's because I made myself available for them any time that they were nice to me like that because I would give them whatever they needed. Um, and usually they laughed a lot because of my accent maybe or maybe just the way I'll say things. But they... I think it's because you're funny and the accent <laughs> just just makes it even better. Uh, well, they, um, you know, were constantly asking me, you know, what am I going to change about, you know, to be better next time? And, I, and my answer would always be nothing. Yep. You know, like I, my, my game plan is my game plan and my strengths are my strengths. And it didn't work out for me the other day, but but I didn't execute that great. But if I execute, I know I can win because, you know, I faced them five times this year, you know, like they've seen me a lot, sure, but I've seen them a lot. And here's the thing, rolling into that last game, we were on fire and they were frozen cold. You know, they were, yep. they were ice block getting swept by the angels of all teams at that year. And we had to get through the Mariners and then who, and then them. And man, wow, that was crazy. But yeah, going out there, as I said, warming up, throwing freaking gas in the bullpen, just where normally I'd be, you know, staying smooth. But I was so locked in, man. And I've watched that game a few times back and I didn't realize just how many balls I threw. Like they were quite often, I wasn't in the best counts the whole game. Like it wasn't like I was just killing them. I just made big pitches in those counts where they were ready to hit, you know, like I found myself two, two, three, one, two, one, one, Oh, quite a bit more than I was hoping kind of got screwed a couple of times. Not going to lie. And that sixth inning, when I lead off, walked lead off, walked Andrews. When we just took the lead, that's some bullshit. I watched that play over and over. That ain't a ball, man. That's a fucking strike every day. And twice on Sunday, that was, absolutely a strike he calls ball four to start the inning now we're going to face josh hamilton and i luckily get him to smoke a ball like smoke a ball off the mound ricochet is off to drew who runs onto the base and doubles off the runner and i'm like that's a payback for you fucking me that home plate right there yeah. like i didn't even <laughs> complain i didn't even complain usually i couldn't handle that man he's i let that get to, get to me and i mean i made a really good pitch to hamilton but he's a very good and he hit it back at – we doubled up fastball away, man. We hadn't done that maybe all year to him. And he – Yep. Hit it. He hit it. He shade more towards shortstop. Now, Drew probably would – wouldn't have been able to return a double play for crying out loud. Like, Anyway, he runs on, makes that double play. Hamilton's having like the worst series of his life and only got worse the next day. <laughs> yes, it did. But, <laughs> but like, dude, and then Beltre comes up who, you know, he's also very tough out and he hits quite a deep flyable, not super deep, but like, you know, maybe like 350 feet out to right center field and Reddick runs and catches it on the grass just in front of the one track and, and I knew that was going to be it. I knew that sixth inning was it. He wasn't going to try and ride me. He had Cook do little Balfour to run it up at the end, man. I, I knew six was my number. And yep. five really was my number, but I was pitching so well that he let me go out for the sixth. And the fact that Bob let me go out and trusted me to go over the sixth was just 
you know, because I remember after that fifth inning, I'm kind of sitting on the bench. The top of the lineup's coming up. So it's Kinsler. Uh, no, so it was, I just got Kinsler out. So it was, we were going Andrews and, and Hamilton. Um, Hamilton and I'm yep. pretty sure that's the only reason I got to stay is because we had Hamilton. Um, but also I'm looking in the dugout. I'm trying to stay focused and I'm, but I'm, I'm like edge corner eye and side eye and Melvin to see what the, what the deal is. Are they going to come over and shake my hand? No. Okay. Hitters stepping up. <laughs> Shit. They're not coming. I'm going. All right. Lock it in, you know, like, lock it in. And this is it. Give it everything I got, man. And I think my below in the last inning was a lot better. Like I was probably an 88, 90 guy, 91, maybe most of the game. And in that inning, I was 92, pretty much the whole inning. 92 93 so i was just starting to let it go for that inning and um got through it we went on to win and then obviously the next day we know what happened and man talk about because i didn't even get to have fun the night before when everybody's doing the champagne because we became the wild card winner i couldn't drink and have a crazy night because i had to pitch the next day and i was i was hoping that the boys didn't get too wrecked because yeah. you know, and just be happy yeah, with the wild card. Some teams are just happy to be in there. You know, what I mean, yeah. we had a chance to make history, so or to you know win the West from what fifteen and a half games out when I joined the team. Yeah, uh, that, that it was, was an insane like, comeback. I mean, most people had written you guys off when you had come on, essentially, yeah. and then, like I said, we had that that four game stretch in New York where you guys swept the the Yankees, and that was the turning point in the season. But yeah. It must have been me, man. I'm the I'm the difference. That's what it was. Boom. Bring you guys in as the bring you back in as the the glue guy for the locker room there. That's it, man. Just let me just give me a locker next to Ricky. You know, there you go. He's got his locker in there that he's rarely at, so you know, I'll just I'll borrow it while he's gone. Um so. what was I gonna ask you? Oh, so that that one sixty two game and obviously we just lost Ray Fossey earlier earlier in the year did you get to to have much FaceTime with Ray and and what did you think of his iconic call when when Ray, he said what wow, when the, when you guys won that game in oh. 162 yeah Ray was awesome man like yeah I mean in the he uh, it's funny because I haven't seen Ray or hadn't seen Ray in such a long time and I, my real interactions were over the that year and the next. Um, even when I was with the Astros or the or the Rangers, you know, Ray always made time to come and see me. Even over in the other locker room, you know, like um, he's just a really good guy. Um, for to be the guy, the caliber player he was, you know, too, and to be so yep. humble and just he. If anyone bled green and gold, it was that guy. So, you know. That was, yeah, he was he was special, man. And so it was really sad to hear about his passing. You know, I didn't take that very well. Um, even though my time with him was quite short, it was he made an impact. So yeah, yeah. Was a- I mean, obviously, I'm an A's fan, so I've I've grown up my whole life listening to him and Glenn on the on the broadcast. So just when he stepped away, I knew something was wrong, and and obviously we we found out what happened and. Yeah, I mean, still to this day, not hearing him in the broadcast booth, like it, it definitely hurts my heart. So I can't imagine you actually having some, yeah. some FaceTime with him and getting to, to shake those giant hands that he had. Oh, dude, I was just about to say that, man. The biggest hands, well, not the biggest I've ever. Lee Smith had the biggest hands I've ever shook, man. 
I yeah. swallowed. Yeah, I felt like I was like a three-year-old boy shaking Lee Smith's <laughs> hands. His shit swallowed mine. I couldn't even see my hand anymore. A baseball looked like a golf ball in that dude's hand. It was unreal. Anyway, the but yeah, Fossey, not just big, but the pads on him. Yeah. Have you ever had the pleasure to shake his hand? Like, well, I, his no, hand I've hand. seen him at uh, at spring training a time or two, but never never got to meet him in person. So. Oh man, I'm telling you, man, it was like shaking a catcher's glove. Like it was puffy. Puffy, big padded hands. Like, I don't even know. It's like a bear mitt. I don't know. It was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy, man. But, yeah, hey, Ripper, dude, just, you know. But it's definitely um, the game's going to miss him for sure. Like, I already does. I already know that, that they miss him in Oakland. So, yeah. But, hey, Dallas, Dallas could become that new guy. I was going to ask you what you thought about DB being up in the, love, up in the booth. Dallas. I love Dallas, man. He... He's one of the most real, genuine dudes. He's just freaking him, man, and, and doesn't apologize for it and doesn't – there's nothing to apologize anyway, from my, in my opinion. But, you know, obviously there are so many snowflakes in the world these days. Somebody gets offended by everything. So, you know, but he's him. He doesn't care. He, um, but he, he's, a, he's a really intelligent dude yep. who understands the game on so many levels. Like I try to try – to, like – I like to think I'm in that kind of bracket. I'm a real big student of the game. I'm always learning. I'm always like, you know, I try to use new school and old school in my teachings because I think old school has a lot to offer because that game is obviously going down a little bit. But Dallas is amazing. Dallas uh, and and man, that voice is he's got a voice for radio, yeah, man, he's... and and a face for radio. Yes, he does, <laughs> especially with that haircut, man. <laughs> I'm just playing, man. I'm just playing. I love Dallas, man. But I hope he hears that, man. That'd be funny. I'll uh, tag him in it. Hopefully he yeah. does. I'm going to try to get him on too. I, I know he's got a, quite the busy schedule with the broadcast and all that. But Yeah, man. I don't even know how he does what he does, man. And, and I mean, I'm a big fan of his podcasts too. You know, I listen to all of them, him and Jared Carabas with their uh, with their stuff. And, you know, he's all of his, all everything he does, man. I wish I could do what he did, man. I'd love to try and do that for a, a season. You know, that's something that I'm into is, um, you know, the broadcast side of it. Um, I, I've done it here in Australia with the ABL and, you know, the feedback I've gotten has been quite good because I give an insight that they just don't, in Australia at least, don't get from the um, guys in the booth, you know. Um you know, just why a player is trying to do something like a, why is a pitcher pitching like this right now? Because the situation and explaining that and just, you know, being that kind of color guy, that, that sounds fun. But I mean, how can you compete with Dallas, dude? The guy's got the voice, he's got the energy, he's got, he's just a ripping dude. And um, yeah, he still has time. And every time I hit him up, you know, he still hits me back. So you know, I think that's really cool too because it hasn't happened with everybody, if you know what I mean. Like some people you still hit up and they just, I don't know, they don't they don't hit you back anymore. So, Yeah. No, Dallas is, I, I mean, I've never met him personally, but he seems like he is one of the one of the all-time great dudes. And I, I also don't know how he keeps up with all the things that he does because he's a promotion guy for Canna Dips. And yeah. and yeah, him and Carabas are doing their new – Baseball is dead podcast. They just stopped doing the oh. the starting nine. So I haven't got onto that new one yet, man. I've uh, I've still been finishing up all the starting nines because I got to the party late on starting yeah. nine. And I stay. I was doing the up to date ones, but in the off season, I do all the old ones. Yeah, and it's crazy hearing some of the old ones when it's not even baseball season. But yeah, it's 
Yeah, it's a, man. They they're really good at what they do. Those guys. Yeah, they definitely keep you entertained, and I mean, they do like two hours, so it's it's pretty yeah. impressive that they can keep you plugged for that time. But um, what it, we already talked a little bit about uh, current how how baseball is being played, but what are your thoughts on on what you're hearing about the current baseball in in MLB and and what you're seeing out there? All right. I got a few things that I'm a bit um, annoyed about with baseball right now, and and a lot of it is uh, Uncle Rob. Yeah, well, we don't even need to talk about him. He's a bit of an, he's just a, in a spaz. I don't even know about him, but uh, I don't know how he keeps his keeps his job. And I think it's the owners that keep him in there. Obviously, that they enjoy him because he's helping them more than he's he's making the money. That's all it's about. Yep. But um, aside from that, you know, well, let's touch on the baseball today. Like I've never seen so many guys get drilled in the head. Yep. And we know that this isn't intentional, but there's a few factors. Obviously, you've taken sticky stuff away. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go and sit here and say that I never touched the stuff because I did. I used pine tar. I, you know, but I didn't use that sticky, sticky stuff. I couldn't. I tried to once. I couldn't even throw it. Not in a game. I tried to in a bullpen. And I, yeah. couldn't, even, I couldn't even get it to the catcher on the full. I was bouncing it. It was so sticky. It's just too much. Um, I couldn't do it. it. It's wrong, right? And, and it sounded like Velcro every time it left your hand, right? It's, it's bad. But a little bit of sunscreen and rosin or a little bit of pine tar, and it's not for – it was never for making the ball move more. In fact, I never noticed it like it would move more. It right. was because a baseball in, America, in those big league games, they are, they are slick, especially yep. in the Bay Area at night. Like, it's freaking cold, man. And the ball feels slick. Um, and yeah, just having that little bit attack on your fingers gives you that confidence to be able to throw a strike. I remember my first game for the Giants when I got called up in 2012. I had to face Carlos Zambrano, <laughs> my first hitter, right? And I went 3-0 on him and the ball was just, felt like it was a pool ball, like I was using a billiards ball, like I couldn't grab a grip on it. It was insane. So... That dry, cold air is annoying, but um, they need to come up with something that's an approved substance. I don't care if they make and manufacture their own version that they that batters can agree on, but I think if you ask hitters, they would prefer that hitters have something. I mean, so the pitchers have something so that they don't have the fear of getting domed up in the back of their mind. Yeah. Because nobody wants to hit a guy in the head. Nobody. I don't care who you are. I don't care how hungry you get. If you're someone that tries to hit somebody in the head, you should be... You should be in serious trouble. You should get because it, you can end a life, not just end a career. You can end a life for sure. You, you can take a father away from a child. You know what I mean, like, or a husband away from a wife, and it's da- really dangerous. Um, but that being that being said, like the guys today, the pitchers today, aside from your superstars that can do both, most are throwers. They're not pitchers. They throwers. They don't know how to pitch. They, they don't even know. They, they're overpowered with great fastballs and amazing stuff, but they throw bugger all strikes. Half the strikes they get are from swing and miss. Like if a guy went up there and sat there with a bat on his shoulder, he could probably walk if he didn't even have for it to pitch. Yep. You know what I mean? At a much higher rate than he could have been back in the day. They don't read swings. They don't pitch. Like I see a guy blow a fastball by a guy and then throw a slider. Like what the hell are you doing? He can't hit your fastball. Why are you slowing it down for him? Yep. You know, where use your brain. You know, no wonder you're hanging that slider and getting taken deep. Like, if you hung the slider in a different count, maybe you get away from it. But if you hung the slider when when he's trying to catch up to your fastball, it's just yeah, it's so bad. 
it's so bad watching some of these guys try and fumble their way through a lineup and then they can't even throw five innings half, half the time. You know what I mean? Like what happened to starting pitchers getting through 200 innings a year? We're going to see that less and less. I was going to ask you about that. Is it? Do you think that's just because they're not having guys do it, or do you think it's because they're yeah, no, going for no. speed 100%? A bit of both, a bit of both. I think that, yeah. if, you know, like who was it the other day that went nine? Um, who was it the other day that just threw a nine? Uh, Bueller? Bueller threw a nine-inning game the other day, or he went yep. half of the oh, Yeah, he did. And they were carrying on. They were carrying on like he just about to throw a no-hitter. You know what I mean? Because like, he, you know. he pitched a complete game, yeah. And, and, I mean, like, the, the, that's a great feat. I never got to do it. Oh, you know? yeah. I, ne- I never threw a complete game in the majors. I think it's still an amazing feat. I got eight innings, and I, I only had 83 pitches, but that was that Dodger game against Kershaw. And Bob came up to me that game and said, hey, man, you've done more than we could have asked. I would hate for you for some shit to happen, and, and you get a loss out of this. So I'm going to take you out and give it to Cookie. And, and Cookie went out to a zero, then Cespi hit a grand slam, and we won. <laughs> but – uh yeah, I mean, I understood why he took me out. He didn't want me to if, – if something happened there and I got a loss, then I might have taken that the wrong way mentally, you know what I mean? Which I know personally I wouldn't have because I would have just been stoked I went eight, eight plus innings. But against Kershaw, one of the greatest to do it. Yeah, yeah. And on that day in baseball, you know how back then they used to have the day – like they would have the rankings of every player's like daily rank. I was number one. I was the best that day in the whole MLB – you can't take it away. Number one. I love it. Kershaw, number two. And then all the hitters boom, run. Boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wear it, you know. Oh, I love uh, it. I think I have a screenshot of it on my phone somewhere that somebody took that and sent it to me. And because uh, I didn't even understand that stuff back then. But man, that was, uh, that was crazy. But yeah, baseball's in a weird spot. Um, changing rules. Lefties can't pick off anymore. That's, that's massive for me. I wouldn't. You know, pickoff was one of my biggest weapons, you know. Like, yep. and, and here's where it's unfair. A righty, yes, they've got to do a, you know, a 90-degree turn to, to pick off, but they can generate power by doing the turn. Yep. You, try and, you try and step back and throw flat-footed to first base that way. You can't. I mean, some guys can, but I feel like I'm going to throw my arm and it detach from my body and roll to first. Like, that's just a horrible way to do it, right? And and why? Because you're trying to promote more stealing. They're not going to steal anyway. This is it's all about home runs. Nobody wants to get thrown out when you got power at the plate. So yep. it's just the game's changed. Why are you going to ruin it for lefties? You know, um, yeah, I hate that rule. And then flirting with taking the mound back two feet. What? I've heard even six. Yeah, nah, hell no, hell no, six feet. No way you could take it back six feet. All right. For for a whole life, we've thrown the ball one way, one distance, right? Everything yep. will be affected by this. Everything. Oh, for sure. Everything. Everything. I, I was curious your opinion on this because I know you weren't, you know, a blow away fastball guy. And Dallas, he offered his opinion on it and basically said, if if you move the mound back at all, I, I'm not a major league baseball pitcher. So yeah. is that is that kind of your feeling on that? or I don't agree with him on that. His changeup was disgusting and – and today's the anniversary of his perfect game, right? Well, no, it was mother. Oh no, yesterday, okay, yesterday. Oh man, I forgot to hit him up about that. That would have been sick. Well, anyway, yeah. Um, I I feel like he still would have. I mean, he he had great control. He was kind of had that Moyer control, but like with a bit more velocity than Moyer, and had a really good changeup. 
and he knew how to pitch and he was a bulldog. You know what I mean? He had that like, he had what we like to say in Australia. He had that, uh, I don't even know if I say that word. It's a, say it. It's a really bad word, man. It's a really, it starts with C and it's a really bad word, but he had that in him, you know, he had that in him and it, <laughs> and it, and it just, it's that bulldog that doesn't quit. And that's why he still would have made it. He had what it took to be yeah. a big leaguer. Um, that, that it factor that you can't quantify with numbers that, 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 that as a, if you were a scout and you see a player with that, you know it. As someone who's played, you know those guys when you run across them. It's like they overachieve with, you know, I'm not going to say he had mediocre stuff because his changeup was elite, but his other pitches were probably me in the medium range when it came to average, you know, um, just like me. I was pretty average, but my curveball was pretty sharp, you know, it was pretty yep. good. Um, that would have been my elite pitch, you know. Um, so, he, yeah, I think he would have made it, but I don't think uh, it would even help hitters that much, honestly. It might help them catch up to a few fastballs, but they still can't hit the letter high shit because they're swinging up under it. You know, yep. they ain't going to fix that. That's launch why, angle, man. Dude, launch angle's tired as fuck. You try and see. <laughs> it is. It is, man. And I don't, No, it I is. Mean, That's I, why everyone's hitting 230 for the entire but, league. Why is everyone trying to hit like Josh Donaldson? The guy's like a 260 career hitter. Like, what are you doing? Like, he's a yep. good player. He's a great, he's good, and he can be great at times. Don't get me wrong. And I even like Donaldson, even though he, he can rub dudes the wrong way. He's got like a bit of an abrasive style of person. That's what I've but, heard. Heard he's a pretty I mean, rough teammate, but. Well, I don't know. He, when we had Johnny Gomes on our team to keep him in check, you know what I mean? Like, he needed it every now and again. But. I like Donaldson. I'm not going to say, I'm not trying to talk badly on him, but I'm just saying he's, you know, everyone's got their own personality traits that some mesh well with others. And he was, you know, up there. But why are we trying to copy that guy? You know, he's clearly not even close to one of the best hitters that ever lived. Why aren't we taking more away from these pure hitters that we have, you know, get to learn from and how they play? Look at Mike Trout. Is he hitting up on the ball? Dude is an absolute gun. He's going to be one of the top five all time right handed hitters of the game. You know what I mean? Probably already is top five yeah. all time. You know, and and I really think he's the best all round player ever. My my personal belief, and from every way that you can look at the game, offense, defense, stealing, like just everything you could do, amazing in this game. He he is elite at everything. He's your five tool guy, and then he's on top of it. He's got this. He plays the right way. He doesn't fuck around. He is just elite. He's elite. There's nothing better than him, in my opinion, um, and and definitely the best I've ever faced. So yeah, you know when he when he gets if he ever gets to like that 600 club or say he goes off even higher, you know I, I can say I I was in amongst them boys. You know what I mean? I'm one of them <laughs> you contributed oh, yeah. to that. Oh, yeah. Just once, just once, but he got me. Just That's only hit. That's only here to go with me. And I mean, he's in my book plenty. I got struck him out a few times. Yeah. Um, but it's so cool, like showing my kids here that I work out with, like, hey, man, this is a video of me and this is what you could be one day. And, and always show them my trout because that to them is the most impressive. Yep. Um, and because guys like me here in Australia love trout, we talk him up. You know, we talk him up uh, to all of our kids because we want that style of player in our kids down here. We don't want them showing off like Tatis. Like, don't get me wrong, Tatis an amazing ball player. I played against his dad, man. That's how old I feel. But <laughs> hey, you want to hear something crazy? I played with Eric Young Jr. and the first yep. freaking, the first dude I faced in the big leagues is Eric Young Senior. Yeah, 
That's, That's crazy. crazy. That's crazy. I played against his dad, man. He was a teammate of mine in Mexico. So anyway, um, off that again. But uh, yeah, he's just the best going around. But well, I don't know. I, I kind of you know, veer off here and there, man. It's ADD. <laughs> it's ADD. It's all right, man. man. We're, 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 we're here for it. We're, we're mostly on track, so we're, we're all good here. Nice, nice. Yeah. All right. So I think... Is it safe to say that Trout is your your favorite player in Major League Baseball? Hundred percent. Although Atani is sniffing it, man. Atani's unreal. He's just a freak. Yeah, yeah he's, he, he's so damn good. Watching a guy to be that elite on both sides of the ball, not just good. Like Madison Bumgarner is a good hitter. You know what yeah. I mean? He, yeah. If you gave him a bat for five hundred at bats a year, he'd probably still hit like 240, 250 and drop thirty twenty five ten tanks. Like you could put him a DH for Cincinnati probably, and he would go all right. You know, you could put like Micah Owings with a bat in his hand and he'd probably drop that. But this dude is not just like, he is freaking insane, man. And he's a specimen and he's a, doesn't even speak the language. Well, he, he could probably speak a decent English now, but you know, not being his first language, staying in and all the hype, man, just to put up with that and still be a leader. Yeah. And in LA, you know what yeah. I mean? It's keeping the Angels relevant while the Dodgers are doing their thing is crazy <laughs> yeah, good. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like Trout's been doing it and keeping it. And then, you know, Pujols, well, that was probably a horrible signing for them. I, I disagree with that signing for them because that really put them in a hole. That one and Josh Hamilton really put them in a hole. For yeah, years, those were too they, rough. Too rough signings. Yeah. They couldn't get any pitching because they didn't have the money because they'd already invested it in two dudes that weren't even playing for them. Or weren't even well, and then Justin Upton too. I mean, they got him at the tail end of his career for yeah, a lot well, of money. Here's the thing. Upton probably gave more than their other two. You know, I mean, Upton was at least, you know, for sure. Upton's a really good dude. I can't hate on him. I like him a lot. He was a good teammate and a fun dude. So, you know. It's just frustrating favorite. seeing him getting paid $28 million to not play for the Angels um, when the A's total payroll is like 35 Man, You can't even tell me about that. You know how many times I look to my right and see a guy making this much money and be like, dude, there's no way you're $20 million better than me this year. Like, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. better than me, but you're not $20 million better. <laughs> like, what Maybe we just split that? it. Yeah, we're not even split it, man. But I just want to know, where's my piece? Like, I never got a piece. For sure. you know? I never got to go to arbitration. I got, you know... The issue with me is when I went to uh, when I was up for arbitration, I had to be tried as a starter, and I don't think teams wanted to pay me like a starter. I, and I never got the option to tell them, dude, I don't care, pay me. I'll take this. Oh, yeah. I don't need. I don't need that. I just want security and some money. Like I want security. Oh, give yeah. me, give me, give me what what you know. Instead of paying me three million dollars a year, pay me three million dollars over two years. I'd be happy with that. And it's security for two years. I don't have to worry about mate, where my paycheck's coming from for two years, which in my career never happened, dude. I was on this. I was on a different team every year. Yeah. After the after the Mariners in 07, I was with a new team every single year. I didn't get security every every off season. I had to go to Mexico and play my way into a new contract. And so yep. that was a, that was really hard on me, man, mentally too, because sometimes you weren't playing good, and then the stress of not having a job yet you know, really could play on your mind. And yeah, it's tough, but I would always get non-tended, man. They would never want to take me because they know what they'd lose. They know they lose because, you know, 90% of my innings was a starter. And, you know, you have to pay me like the, you know, I don't care if you pay me like the, fur, the worst fifth starter in the big leagues. You know, 
I, I would have just ta- I wanted to be in the big leagues and I wanted security. So you could have been able to tell me, you know, you could have got me for way better, but the union wouldn't allow that either because then I take down the money for the next guy. Right. Stocks as well, you know, which yeah. they don't look after the guy like me. And that's what a lot of this bullshit was to do in the, in the, when they were, when they were striking kind of thing. It's kind of more to look after the guy like me. Not yeah. so much to me, more like the six-year free agent that's already paid. But yeah, the guy, the guy that is a free agent that was getting overlooked for a seven hundred, you know, a five hundred thousand dollar call up. So, yep. you know, you just have to look. I was what the eighteen thousandth Australian, uh, no, the eighteen thousand ninety sixth uh, player to make the big leagues in two thousand and four. Two hundred odd years of baseball, and the twenty thousandth happened in the COVID year. So that means. Just think about how many people have been called up, like that probably would never got called up in the 50s, 60s, 70s because they just were, you know, a band aid at the time, I guess. Yeah. You know, a lot of cup of coffees walking around, you know what I mean? Exactly. Do do you think those rule changes that they've made, at least in terms of the call ups where you can't send a guy up and down five times or more than five times in a season, do you think that's a a net positive? Is that true? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, no, they just did that for this new CBA. You can't, yeah. you can't do the like whole that. thing where they're shuttling the whole season. I like that, but it's not so much for it's for the fact of who, dude, moving up and down is really hard. It's hard on you and your family moving yep. out of town, having to get a place to live. Like it's just a pain in the ass. Um, well, and you, it happened to one of your teammates, Adam, Adam Rosales. Rosales. Yeah, yeah he, he went back and forth between the A's and the Rangers, I think, six times in the same season, just that's just insane. through waiver claims. So That's insane. Yes. But, man, uh, the one rule that I agree that I really like, and I wish they brought this sucker in before when I was playing because I may have had a much longer career, right? I wasn't generally a lefty-lefty guy, although the, Ang- the, Astro- the Astros made me a guy like that for a bit. But... Uh, I was better at getting righties out than lefties, trust me, like uh, overall. But So I was never looked at as a lefty-lefty guy to come in and be that one, get a, get one out and that's it. But that whole face three hitters rule is amazing. Like that would have helped yeah. me so much more because, I, you know, I got lefties out pretty good. I want to say around the 220 mark, 230 mark, but that's not as good enough to be a reliever like a lefty-lefty guy. You've got to be under 200, like a 180 yep. guy, 190 guy. So I could never lock down that spot, but then I wasn't good enough. Well, I I thought I was good enough, but the teams never thought I was good enough to be a starter. So where am I fitting? And then yeah. a long reliever, there's, you know, some teams didn't adopt a long reliever. So, you know, that might've helped my career a lot more where guys that could only get lefties out, that couldn't get righties out, would not maybe never have got a chance or may have got a chance, but not stuck because they just, they, they couldn't get a righty out. Yeah. You know? You know, that's, it sucks that that couldn't have been earlier because I really think my career could have been a lot different, not just financially, but just my time, my, my, you know, would have been a lot better for me. Okay. And then do you still have your gold A's jersey? My yellow one, the yellow one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I would never give that one away. Come on. Should do you think they should go back to those? Because they have yeah. the they have the Kelly Green alts. Do you like the the, uh, the yellow ones or the the Kelly the Green more? The A's uniform is unmatched by any For other sure. squad. There's the best color scheme. It's the be- It just looks clean. It's like classic, but it's really good at the same time. Like really, 
good vibe. The Kelly Green sweet. I wasn't a huge fan of those darker green ones we had that year. I mean, yeah, I don't know. they're the same. Yeah, they, they were basically the same as the the gold ones, right? Just the just flipped. no. The the gold one had just an A on the chest. The other okay. the green the green one I believe had athletics. it probably said Oakland or A's. No, yeah, one of the two athletics across the okay. chest because the gray one had Oakland written on it. Okay, yeah, because that's the red one. Yeah, and the white one had athletics. So. Yeah, I mean, unmatched. I like them and I like Pittsburgh when it comes to uniforms. I like you. And Kyle, Kyle's a, a Pittsburgh Pirates fan, so. Oh, you are. I like yeah. the Pirates too, man. I mean, uh, Loki had a, a, one of their scouts here in Australia tell me if I get to America that he would, uh, he could, he thinks he could hook me up with a job there. He thinks that'd be perfect for their organization. So, I'd love to. Uh, we'll get back over. I'd yeah, be in your well. corner. <laughs> we, we need all the help we can get. Yeah, I know. I feel like I could almost pitch for you guys right now. I'm pretty sure you could. <laughs> no, no, no. You guys aren't that bad. Last I looked, you were like middle of the pack, right? No, we're, our relievers have been amazing all year. Um, we just got to get some starters that can go past five innings. Mm. I mean, we're lucky if we hit five at this point. Sure, sure. But we got a lot of young guys. Good. Well, good. That's uh, – yeah, I mean – Yeah, like I'm glad that. you said that. I was going to say you're uh, – the the Oakland Unis are my second favorite. Yeah, the the old seventies Unis. There's nothing better. Yeah, than the old Pittsburgh Unis, man. I, I love them. Amazing. I think they're amazing, and I play a little bit of MLB the Show, so I've been checking out all some of these Unis when I've been earning them through the. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> all right, and then I I I think we've taken up enough of your time. So I know you said you don't really want to plug any of your socials or, or anything like that, but if you get back into Twitch streaming, where can people find you? Yeah, it's, uh, I believe it's Twitch, uh, slash twitch.com slash, uh, third strike DTD, but it's with the number three. So three RD strike DTD. Perfect. So that, that's my uh, Twitch right now, but it'll it should be getting kicking off here again pretty soon. And I'll predominantly play MLB the show. And pretty much my my idea is, you know, that somebody can come in and watch. And I'm not the best player, but you can ask me anything. Like I'm, as you know, guys have seen, I'm pretty honest and open about whatever. And I got heaps of stories to tell. And you know, on Twitch, I wouldn't hold back. You know, what I mean, unless it's right. like, you know, unless it's gonna put someone in a bad light. Like I know I'm not gonna dog anyone for anything they did silly in the past. Like I wouldn't want them to do that for me, but. Um, you know, we're pretty cool. And, and, and as it is with, with Major Mangoes, I've been in on his stream chats. I've been talking with the guys in his stream. I've even been live on his stream playing MLB The Show for the first time on his stream. I actually, I actually took a dude deep in a live match. I'd never played the game before. And the first at-bat I had, I hit a home run. And then my next at-bat, I hit my first two at-bats, hit home runs off a live player. I, I, I hope that guy is watching because you're trash. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never played before, oh. never. And I well, just, yaga, he thought it was the best. And so that's what got me into start playing. That's fantastic. Well, we if, if you need someone to practice sure. on, like I said, I don't get to play much anymore these days, but if you need to look real good, I'm sure I could make you, I could make you do that. So, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, and then I guess one last question that I wanted to ask you is just about your, your old teammate. You mentioned him, Johnny Gomes. Did you see that he's playing for the Savannah Bananas? And you know that I almost went to play for the Savannah Bananas. Burnsy hit me up about it. Most exciting team. Yeah, there. Burns. I forgot he's on there too. 
Yeah, Burns, he hit me up about it, and I wanted to make it happen, but I just think he hit me too close to the season. I can't get into America right now without a visa because I'm uh, crazy immigration crap that happened years ago when I was with the Tigers that, like, basically, you have a work visa. I got released by the Tigers. I went to Mexico. I came back from Mexico, and that visa was still good for the whole year. I, I handed it to the guy, and he didn't say anything, man. He just stamped me in, have a good trip, said nothing. Few months later, I go on a holiday to the Bahamas. Right around just before that that uh, that that hurricane hit Puerto Rico, right around then, and they wouldn't let me back into America because he put me in on that Esther ninety day visa, and I was there one hundred and forty three days. Had no Very idea. Cool. I would have I would have left. I would have left and come back. Like if I had known, I would have gone to Canada and come back in again, or gone to Mexico and come back in on the four on the 90, 90 day. But I overstayed. I can never go on a holiday to America again. The only way I'm getting in is with a with a visa, a work visa. That's why I can't see my family right now. It's horrible. I've yeah, actually haven't seen my family since December 10th. They were out here for 14 months, and before that, I hadn't seen them for about 16 months during COVID. Jeez. I didn't meet my daughter till she was six months old because of this. So it, it's just been the biggest hassle. My kids have grown up without a dad for half their lives. Um, so it's, it's tough. And, you know, I've just been trying to find a job like crazy that will get me a work visa. So if anyone out there has any kind of job, you want a private pitching instructor, just give me a bet. <laughs> you know, colleges, you know, I mean, I have an opportunity right now, but it's kind of in the air. Like a dude hit me up about a Ventura, some college in Ventura, about being a pitching coach. And... I'm down. The only problem is I have to be vaccinated, which I'm not, which I don't want to be. We, my wife and I want to still have more children. It's whether that thing works or not. That's your own opinion. It's not about that. It's about it's unproven and we don't know what to do. And I, and my wife and I want another child and we don't want to risk the, the health of that child with something like this. Cause you know, um, but so that's holding me out of America right now, pretty much, which is in waiting for it to end, hopefully. Um, but, but, yeah, so if anyone has a job offer out there, you know, let me know. Uh, uh, would love to do. I want to get into NCAA pitching coaching, but um, you know, I'll start anywhere really. And um, yeah, as long as it gets me over there and 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 I can afford to live, you know, come, you know, live there, then I'm I'm in. Preferably in Idaho, where my family is, or nearby, so that's close. <laughs> I even well, hear the boys, the Boise Hawks, man, the Boise Hawks. I'd never heard there you that. Go. I never heard back. And I got a buddy on their team, a kid I used to coach, who's from Brentwood, California, where I lived when I was in California. And he's there and he said he's gonna hit him up about it and let him ask him, you know. Well we're so. we're close we're both close to Idaho. So hopefully we can find a, a connection for you and, and get you Absolutely. back home to be with your family because I, I can't imagine oh, I being away either. from from my kids for that long. That that would be crushing. So Yeah. But, <laughs> like I said, thank you so much. We we Truly appreciate all the time you spent with us. You went above and beyond with all your stories, and we'd love to have you back on at some point, and hopefully when when you're here in America, and and, and if that ever happens, hopefully sooner than later, we'd love to to buy you a beer on on the state side. Oh, man. Absolutely. I I guess I can have an American beer. (laughs) 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 I actually really like that one, Lagunitas, a little something. A little something's a badass beer, man. It's like an 8%er, but it's real good. 
There's a few down here that I've got a couple, a couple high percenters that are pretty delicious. Yeah, I'm a crafty. I'm a crafty man. I like the crafties for sure. You don't have to anymore. Well, yeah. we're we're both from Wyoming, and and if you know one thing about Wyoming, in heaven there is no beer, so that's why we drink it here. <laughs> you know, I've never been to Wyoming. I've always wanted to. They've got some. They've got some black sand golf course out there, apparently, that I want to try real bad. It's like got a pirate ship or something stuck in the middle of the fairway, like or a boat, like a like an old looking boat that's like worn away and it's half sunken in the ground, and the fairway goes right past it. I don't know. I, I don't know exactly. I've seen pictures of it before. I think it's Wyoming. Pretty sure, not Montana. I think it's Wyoming. That might anyway, be South Dakota because they got a lot of black sands, but. Oh, maybe it is there. I have no idea. But the whole area, I've never really been. I never played in those areas. What? Those states I've never touched. You you can skip South Dakota, North Dakota. Just just go to Wyoming. <laughs> yeah. And Montana's yeah. supposed to be awesome too, right? Montana, Montana's oh, awesome yeah, as well. Just make yeah. sure if, if you go there, you, you do it in the summer because you don't want to be there in the winter. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't like snow. Oh, I like snow. I don't like rain that much, but I don't, I hate the cold. I mean, I, I, I've been – my first son in Wichita, Kansas, he was born on the coldest day in Kansas in like 50 years and it was like crazy storm and it was negative 43 degrees. And that yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Now, that, uh, that's your Wyoming winter right there, so. Dude, how do you do it? You, you don't. That's <laughs> why I moved. Hey, what am I in for in Idaho? Because we're like it's, north of – It's very like, similar, yeah. It's it, it depends – Depends what time or what what part of the state you're in. If you're in the northern Idaho, you're gonna freeze your nuts off no, for sure. We're we're out of Boise, but like not much out, like thirty minutes out. Oh yeah, you're good. Okay. Then it won't be too crazy. Yeah, we're like the last the last area. You like there ain't no houses past where we're at. Well, where my, okay. I've never been there. I've never been there. My wife's living there, but there's nothing but like open stuff and then mountains. Like you yeah. don't. Uh, there's no one living behind us. If that's what I mean. Yeah. Coyote, coyotes everywhere. Um, you can hear them every night. Kind of freaks my wife out, but yeah, it's. Uh, well, that's why you get your your sharpshooter right there. Yeah, I know. I've only ever shot one gun in my life, and the guy did me dirty. He gave me one of the biggest shotgun slugs you could, and it oh, blew me arm out. Blew your head. No idea what I was in for, man. And I dropped the gun, and he was pissed at me for dropping it. I'm like, motherfucker, you gotta let me know. You gotta <laughs> yeah, you got a Warner Brother. You about you come to Wyoming and we'll change that. Yeah, yeah, whole, dude, I'd love to shoot whole, some guns, man. Whole arsenal for you. We, we've yeah, got yeah. a few, so yeah, make your way that way, and I'll, I'll meet you there with Kyle, and and we'll we'll show you a good time then. Oh yeah, I know my brother-in-law's got a stack of guns. He's a fireman, and and he live, they live out there with us or in that same area. Nice. So, uh, but yeah, I've never really shot many guns before, man. Just once in Texas, never shot a handgun, nothing. A good time. Yeah. So all right, all right man. <laughs> we'll, we'll let you get back to your pitching uh, instruction. And if yeah. do you think that's something you might start doing online, possibly some some online courses or? Uh, I don't know. It's weird, man, because everyone in this space, right? The one thing about this space is everyone likes to think they know the end or way and only way to do it. You yeah. know, and, and in an age where everyone's trying to throw as hard as they can, I don't teach that. I teach younger kids. I'm trying to get them to throw 100, man. I'm trying to teach them to throw in a way that's going to be safe and effective for their arm and is going to allow them to throw strikes. Basically, like I pitch, you know what I mean? I don't teach them my way. I teach, I don't cookie cut. You know, I want, you know, I want them to have their own individual um, traits that makes them them, you know what I mean? I want to make everyone look the same. But 
the building blocks are the same. You know, they need to obviously land with their front foot before they throw. Otherwise, you know, this is going to end up bad for them. So, uh, you know, just things like that. Um, and then I really try and get into their head with the mental stuff and, and try and build their confidence and let them know that, hey, the best hitters in the world that have ever lived failed 70% of the time they, they went up to the bat. So we're going to win 70%, man. you got to understand, you take those odds in Vegas. So attack yeah. the zone. Attack the zone. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't care who you're facing. You know, now there are, there are situations where you pitch around guys, you know, where, you know, you have an open base and a big boy comes up and he's a righty and you're a lefty, you know, and you're a lefty on deck. You know, there's, there's different ways you got to do it. You're going to, that's called game management and trying to like fumble your way through a lineup for the least amount of damage. But... First and foremost, have confidence and throw strikes because what? We can't defend what? A walk. We can't, can't defend, defend the walks. walks. So, yeah. you know, yeah. give yourself a chance. You're only shooting yourself in the foot. And so that's what I try and preach here. And I really, I've worked with a couple of college age kids about to go to college right now, actually, in, the, in August. Um, but yeah, it, mainly I've got these younger kids and I can't wait to see what they turn into, man. This, this is unreal. I've never seen this kind of talent for that age. Um, yeah, it's awesome. I just want to help the kids. I feel like being a minor league pitching coach, I wouldn't get that. From what I've heard from friends that have done it, it's like you can't even touch them. You can't even help them. You just you got to ask before you can make a change. You know what I mean? Yeah. They kind of they kind of want they kind of want them to either sink or swim. It's like, well, hey, if they ain't got it, they ain't got it, and then they ain't getting you know, it. Calls the herd, you know. But yeah. So you think I you'll would... get a, a better opportunity to help? build those guys up if, if you were to do so in a, in a college program? Yeah. I mean, at least well, be able to attain, uh, be able to attack what needs to be changed before they make it to pro ball. There you go. Right. You know, and give them that mental mindset of how to pitch, man, I'm going to be big on the mental side of it because for someone like me to do as what I did, it you had to be mentally strong because yeah, I got up at such a young age, at 21 years of age, and being so immature at that time and going through the failure and then having a huge time without getting called up, like years before I got back up my second time. And then years again before I got up again. Yeah. So, I mean, I had to go through it, man. I don't wanna, I could talk forever about some of the crap I went through, but like the mental side of it is so big. And I always tell my kids, you're going to lose more games with your head than you'll win with your arm. And that's 100% yeah. fact. The best pitchers in the world, they have this and they control the game with this. They don't, it doesn't matter about this, man. It really doesn't. You don't need a hundred mile an hour to win. You need to be able to locate and you need to be able to be mentally better than the other guy, you know, not give in and make those big game pitches, you know? So I'd love to be able to instill that in some young, you know, 18, 19 year old lads before they go to D1 or maybe I get them in D1 and if I become a D1 pitching coach and, and, become that kind of pitching coach where my pitchers go on to be good so that kids want to come to my school because they want to work with me because they see what I've been able to do with other guys. You know what I mean? And I really think that's a good goal to have. And, you know, I used to want to be a big league kind of man, um, pitching coach, which would, that would be awesome. That'd be awesome. And, you know, I never, I never got one of them gold cards. You know, I played 19 professional seasons and I, I never got a gold card. You know, I only got four years of time. So I never got that, you know, I want to finish it off, maybe get a couple of years late and get that card so I can go see there you go. whenever I want. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, 
Well, and the main reason I was asking if you're going to plan on doing any of that stuff online is, is kind of selfishly because I have a the, one of the kids that you met earlier, my, my middle child, he's a, a lefty, and he's just all about baseball. So I, I teach him everything that I can. And, you know, I used to, I used to coach quite a bit. I'm probably going to plan on coaching him up quite, quite a bit as well. I, I used to pitch a lot, obviously only up until high school. And now that I know, kind of like what you said, now that I know the things that I do know, I wish I would have known that back then because I wouldn't have went out with my arm basically hanging on by a thread to, to pitch in the high school state yeah. championship thing and, and end up hurting myself more than I should have. But again, selfishly, yeah. I'd, I'd like to have him a, a resource where, you know, I can someone that knows what they're actually talking about yeah. and have that to lean on. So well, that's it. I mean, if I get back to Boise, if I ever got that Hawks job, man, that would be sweet. Cause I could do some private stuff while I'm there and do that. But I don't think Boise has that area has anyone that played in the big leagues. That was a pitcher. I know Brandon Barnes lives there. Um, the hitter outfielder. I'm pretty sure that um, actually gold country breakfast mate lives down the road. No. And, he lives down the road in like um, Idaho, but not in Boise. Like I think Idaho Falls, maybe. Christian yeah, maybe Colonel. Pocatello. Yeah, some, oh, maybe there. I don't know. I just think he's from Idaho. And then um, uh, Christian Colonel's from Idaho. Um, he was a Rocky. I don't know. There's been a couple, um, but there's no pitchers. No. So there might be some ex minor league guys there. In fact, there is. There's one I played with my first year, Ramon Royce. He's there. But I mean, be, I think the market's there to be able to, you know, get in and, and immediately get some work, you know what I mean? Whereas California, Florida, it's a bit saturated. There's so many coaches, Arizona, so many coaches, it's hard yep. to get in. Um, but, yeah, it'd be it'd be cool to do that and, and just, you know, get back a little bit and see what I could do, you know. And, and I think I've got something to drive, you know. No matter how crappy life can be right now because I can't be with my family, and it sucks when I'm not, you know, but when I'm at the field working with these kids, I ain't thinking about that anymore. I'm in a good right. space where I'm keeping busy and keeping happy. And, you know, it, it's fulfilling to watch them. And I know I've been on here a long time, but I got one more story. And this kid, this kid kind of changed my outlook on it, right? I got this boy last year. I worked with him for about 14 months now. And he'd been playing for maybe six months when I got him. He's 14 years old when I got him. So he's a little late to start, right? And an awkward kid, like a little kid, like put it this way. He's the kid on your team that never opens his mouth. He's real quiet, lovely boy, wears his pants up to his belly button, like really high, high belts kind of kid, you know, just the, the kid that you put in right field because you don't know what you got. And he's the hardest working kid I've ever, I've ever worked with in, you know, he made his first rep team in the senior league the other day. And that drove him to come with me to this club and play senior baseball for the first time against men. You know, it's just beer league, but it's, there's even women and men mixed in, but he's in the lowest grade, you know, he's only a kid, he's little, but, you know, watching him pitch the other day and getting his first hit against the boys, against the seniors, like, oh man, it took me full circle and super proud of him. He's done really well. Um, he's, he's not like some of my other kids that are in the state programs. You know, this kid is, seriously made from scratch and still still a little bit awkward and he's still a little bit small and weak but he'll grow and he'll get stronger and i'm i'm excited to just help get him help him get to college because you know what anything can happen once you get there oh yeah and if he can get there and he's still four years till he goes to till he can go to college so that's a long time for him to get better 
and I really think he will. And I mean, that's when I was talking about watching kids fall in love with the game. That's the kid I was really referring to when I was talking about it. Um, and I'm actually working with him this evening. So I'm looking forward to that. So excellent. Uh, we love that. And like I said, always been a fan of yours, especially since you, well, I guess I should say since 2012, uh, yeah. when you were on the A's, always been rooting for you. And, and it's great to see that you're, you're still giving back and, and doing what you can in the, in the sport that you love. So again, thank you for joining us. We, we, I mean, two hours, that's insane. I told you I can talk. Man. I warned you. I love it. And it doesn't even feel like it. it doesn't even feel like it. You know, it's just a conversation. It's yeah. not a job. It's just a, it's just having a chin wag and a bit of a bit of a yarn. And um, you know, I never, I never had an issue speaking. You know, I always people give me shit about it, but you know what? Fuck changing for them. You know. Yeah, I love it. No, and I I think you absolutely have a a future in in broadcasting or or whatever it is that you want to do involving baseball. So, well, thanks. Thank you again, Blackley, and and for those of you that that are new to seeing him go watch that game 161 because that was absolutely inspiring shit for sure yeah you'll see you'll see parts of me i've watched the clips of that the highlights and you can see the nerves on my face you can see how much you can tell i'm like i'm like a kid you pluck out of the stands and put on the mound like i wanted it just like they would it because yeah i hadn't reached the caliber of superstar you know what I mean? It was just, to me, that was a dream. And I'll yeah, cherish that day forever, that moment. That was cool. For sure. And we as A's fans definitely appreciate all that you did for us in that in that one year. I mean, if if I could buy a, a Blackley jersey right now in, in that yellow, that's what oh, I would do. So, Man, I know. I wish you could. I've had people, ask, like these kids, their parents ask, hey, I want to get a jersey for our son you know, with your name and they're blown away that you can't get one made. Yep. They won't even make them. It's so weird right now. Yeah. I mean, you could do the custom ones and maybe that's the route I'll have to go, but. No, uh, no, they tried to do that. And because I was, they wanted the number, the same number and that name. They won't do it. They won't allow it. Insane. Like It happened a few years ago and I managed to get one because Voos hooked me up. But Voos is the man. Can you believe he retired? No, I can't believe it, man. Longest serving A in history. And yeah. yeah, he was there since their inaugural season in Oakland. Just retired yeah. after the spring training. You so I, I could see Dallas being that guy one day. I could see, not, not a clubhouse manager, but like a lifelong A to where, you know, we're talking about him as a 50 years with the A's kind of guy. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the next spray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's, you know, you can't, you can't hate, man. Such a ripping dude. But all right. Cool. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate no, it. it was Thanks, a pleasure, man. man. Thank you. I'm going to go eat some lunch. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. We'll, we'll talk to you later. All right. Cheers.